I'm feeling that's where social media is going to go eventually, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Sure. When they recognize that the caption copy is written by AI, if they can recognize it, they're going to knock down the reach because they can. They don't see it as genuine. Have you ever felt? Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Yeah. Love how South Park just is uncancelable. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, keep it going. They, I mean, they ruined my name. A hundred, a hundred and damn it, cow. Damn cow. Damn cow. Yeah, I mean, like I don't think Courtney actually says my real name. It's <laughs> Does he? Cow. I'm like, oh, fuck. oh that that's guy. Courtney. He just he finds like a weird nickname and like or weird way to say somebody's name all the time. Mm-hmm. Anytime he came into Steamworks to visit, like uh, to visit uh, Colin. When he was working, because I don't think Courtney ever worked there. No, no. he would hang out, but but uh, Colin was working there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would come hang out, and he would just be fucking with everybody. Uh, Courtney, he just had a baby. Did he really? Yes, he did. I uh, can't actually, imagine him having. A kid. I know, right? <laughs> love you, Courtney. We love uh, you. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, born on my son's birthday. So same, oh, that's same awesome. birthday. Yeah, it was kind of. Yeah, it was one of those things I was like, oh, man, because it, it gets weird, like, when birthdays are shared, like, especially with younger kids, but yeah. they're aged enough. And so I was like, I don't know, I'm Ella, I'll tell Jonah, my son, and I'm like, hey, so Courtney had his baby. He's like, oh, cool. And I was like, it was born on your birthday. And he's like, yes, I freaking told you, Dad. He's like, I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> I was like, totally opposite thought. And he That's was just awesome. Like, so pumped about it. So I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, I can imagine some kids just being like. It's my birthday. Yeah. Nobody shares my birthday. <laughs> no, I mean, it could get weird when we have a birthday party. You yeah. Know? And you're Kids like, get a little bit like, hey, that's that's my Ninja Turtle. Like, yeah. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Better have two here. cakes, too. <laughs> yeah. <it's> two, <laughs> two separate cakes. How, you guys have kids? No. No. no we're, uh, we've decided not to. We're not kid people. Like ever? Or no, just yeah, like no, at this no, no, ever? No, pretty much just yeah. not going to have kids. We will get dogs eventually. Yeah. We just have to move out of the spot we're in right now where they don't allow dogs. I know. There's a place in Durant. Hold on. I know. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the, I'm, here, I'm here with a friend of mine, Sean Mo. but hold on. More importantly, <laughs> there's a place in Durango, Colorado that does not allow a dogs? lot of a lot of renters can't have dogs. Really, uh, it's a big problem. Actually, like, a lot of people that are trying to look for spots. Yeah, just they, they're like anywhere you'll see it in Facebook mar- Marketplace. Like mm-hmm. anywhere where that'll actually have a dog. I don't care if it's like a single wide in the middle of nowhere. Anywhere that'll allow me to have a dog. It's actually not as dog friendly as you think when it comes to renting places. That's so. crazy. Everybody I know has a dog. Every know. single person. That's wild. I know. <laughs> I have I have dogs I watch. Yeah. <laughs> my, yeah. my parents who live uh, in Durango have a dog, and then my Kate, my wife's parents. She grew up here, so uh, they have dogs. So we you know we get time with dogs, but we really just want our own dogs as soon as possible. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I got a cat I'd be willing to give you. Oh, nice. Is yeah. it a shitty cat? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm good at rehabbing cats. I think everybody else loves the cat, but I just, and I, I, I don't know. He's got a spot in my heart for him, but it like comes around maybe every once a month. Other than that, it's like, you stay on your side of the house. I'll stay over here. We're good. If we cross paths in like the kitchen, it's like, I don't trust you, you little fucker. All of a sudden you can so. hear like a crescendo of dramatic music, <laughs> like just, a Western. They just never blink. They just watch nope. you and watch you, and I'm mm-hmm. like, that's why I hate mountain lions too. It's like they're the worst. They're the well, worst. if your house cat was the size of a mountain lion, <laughs> it would eat your whole family. It does not care. No, no. Yeah, he would pretty much murder me. Yeah, uh, he's he's brutal. So he's okay. I mean, he's but if you want a cat, I got one. For you. Okay, sweet. All right. <laughs>
Babe, we're getting a cat. <laughs> Katie, if you're watching this, we're getting a cat soon. Uh, my daughter would kill me for it, but either way, you guys would be Oh, happy. yeah, no, you yeah. can't. No, now that it's your daughter's cat? Uh, yeah. I th- if yeah. that cat dies, you better get one that looks exactly like it that's full grown. and Yeah. Yeah. He's just, he's a, so the good thing with him, and nobody is going to give two shits about this, but the good thing about this stupid cat is that he does not use the litter box. He's outside. So he's oh. inside cat, but he goes outside to do his business, which is amazing. But he also feels the need to the whole neighborhood is his territory. So he will actively go to the neighbor's house. And if the door's open, he walks inside as if, like, I'm supposed to be here. And so we're, like, the whole neighborhood's become comfortable with it. Like, hey, Puma's over here. But, uh, yeah, I'm like, are you, are you good? At first I was like, oh, man, like, my neighbor's going to, like, <laughs> I don't even know what you do. Like, you, you call the pound or the humane society or whatever yeah. on the cat. They know it's mine. And so I'm like, I'm like, and, and, but it's just over the year it's become – just like, oh, your cat's at my house again. Like, yep. we had one okay? like that. Growing yeah, we up. gave him some cheese. I hope that's all right. Like, ah, I probably shouldn't do that. But if he's in your house, I can't. Like, thanks. Yeah, you know? I guess. Could you feed it? Could you? Uh, <laughs> he could use a bath. And I know they they're supposed to bathe themselves, but mm-hmm. I mean, they still got quite a funk on them. Yeah, yeah. Man. Especially if they're indoor outdoor cats and they're like going out and rolling around. Yeah, he sucks, man. I'll give it to you guys for sure. <laughs> All right. So what are we what are we going to talk about? I remember you originally reached out to me before you had our uh, our mutual friend Ben on here to talk yeah. about AI and while I am I'm not as well versed as Ben is on on the AI or at least on all of the selling points of why it's a good thing yeah. and it's not Skynet and we're all not going to die at the hands of AI that will rise up because we all abuse our AI right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't I I I'm I'm trying to just be nice to Alexa. Yeah. But it's hard sometimes when, when she Alexa doesn't up. do what I want. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, sorry, I cannot turn the lights off right now. I'm like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> you stupid. System, <laughs> system override. Um, They're going to remember. Yeah. Yeah. They're the, going to remember. Yeah. It's, I, you know, honestly, like I don't. Um, yeah. So we don't have to talk at all about anything. Like we can just Sweet. whatever. Um, yeah. I, you know, I just, I was excited. I was excited to kind of talk about that topic because, I mean, it's, it's very it's very topical mm-hmm. at this point, but also I'm kind of a nerd about it too. And, you know, it's like, I'll do research and no matter what kind of research you're going down a rabbit hole. And it's like, you start to like, be like, Oh my God. And you question this and you question mm-hmm. that. And, and the more I kind of research it, it's, it's, I just had some questions about, you know, it's involvement. And I, I mean, it's inevitable at this point, it's not going away. It's just nope. only going to become more of a, a part of our lives and so I think the more I think about it and talk that out to myself, like whether I'm driving in the car or and be that, it's like it's just it is just what it is. Like there's no changing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at some point I would like to, and if you know anybody or anybody else knows anybody, to like I, I would just want like a almost like an engineer. Okay. You know, like, like a, a software like engineer, a software like a, a high level like, too, not somebody who's yeah, doing like like, like that app can, creation, somebody who's creating entire operating systems and is in the, and AI is like a whole separate, you can get a genius. That's like, I developed, like I went to high school with a kid who, uh, when he graduated, he ended up working for Apple and he designed the iOS for, um, iPads Mm. to kind of be in between, you know, a MacBook and a, and an iPhone. Uh, But even that is nothing compared to what these people are doing with, with AI. Like it's got to be a whole separate. Yeah. And I imagine there's like, there's like gigantic, like avenues within that AI term right and so i just yeah I, i'm just such a weird nerd i mean you 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 know me like went to went to college to do audio engineering and so mm-hmm. like the nuts and bolts you know like i'm not the musical genius guy there were some people that we went to school with that were like 
they were they were designed to be a production engineer and be like, I know how to make a song and create it, and I understand it, and it just it just sits in their brain. Me, I'm like such a weird technical dude that I'm, I get like the nuts and bolts is like a patch bay. That sounds so boring to most people, but I'm yeah. like, oh no, dude, check this out. <laughs> we're like, you know, there's like a running joke. It's like, uh, <laughs> like. Uh, <laughs> sorry, just uh, I thought about a good friend uh, from from college. Uh, do you know the Mighty Boosh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, they've got this. They've got this one skit, and uh, he's like, like literally taking, like patching in. Uh, he's like, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna use this uh, Panamite Four and generate this Soul Tooth Wave and patch it. <laughs> they're, they're this, this fucking dying crab to give it that real oaky timbre, you know. It's, so every time I say patch bay, like that just came out of nowhere. But, uh, That's so funny. But yeah, they're just a nuts and bolts. I'm a nuts and bolts nuts kind and of bolts. guy. Yeah. And I really wanted somebody to come on uh, that could scare the bejesus out of me. So that oh. way that it kind of sparks that, like, okay, well, what about if this and that and and like just dance in and out of like their realm for a second, you know? Because it's. It's weird. It's like we all use it. Yeah. But it's like if you if I had to tell somebody like how my iPhone does an airdrop, and I'm like, I don't fucking know. Like yeah, I that whole file it to, just flies. Yeah, I connect it to Bluetooth. But they're like, Yeah, but it's the same quality. I'm like, um, yeah, I don't know. I have no no clue. I just know that it works. And I use Chat GPT to do stupid shit because I think it's funny what it spits yeah. out sometimes. But I don't know. I have no fucking clue how that stuff actually works. And so that was when I put that post up, I was like, man, yeah. I need like a, a guy, like an engineer mindset to come mm -hmm. in and, and it'd probably be the most boring podcast ever. But I know <laughs> I would be sitting here just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. tell me what more, if, dude. What if this you did is this for me? Yeah. I'm watching this at home by myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I got something scary for you with, with AI and it's pretty topical because I'm not sure if you're following what's going on with the Writers Guild in, uh, in Hollywood. The Writers Guild strike. Uh, this happened once before in uh, 2008. Remember, this was like when Heroes was huge on TV and like all these shows stopped. And then they had these scab writers that came in because they were all um, all the writers were striking. There were they're trying to get money based on they're, they're trying to renegotiate because all of, of all the things that uh, have been going on with like streaming, they're not getting paid. They're not very transparent with how like. When you, let's say you're a writer on Seinfeld back in the day, you got paid for when it came out. And then when the reruns come out and they're playing on TBS ad nauseum, you get paid every time that it showed and you get paid quite a bit. But now with streaming platforms, Netflix doesn't tell you how many times your show is being watched. They kind of keep that close to the chest. They then how they monetize it is all kind of shady. So the writers are really worried now that now that they're on strike, does this give... Hollywood the chance to be like, okay, we want a new Rocky movie. Feed all of the scripts to every other Rocky movie and the Creed movies into this, and it will generate a script for a brand new movie that will work. It will be structured properly. It will have the right lines. It will have the right callbacks. It will have all this stuff in it. So now we might see things like the, the creativity, not just, not just these images you're seeing, not just the um, AI voices. I mean, I'm sure you heard that uh, James Earl Jones – sold his voice to Disney essentially so oh, yeah. they could use so yeah. that he could be Darth Vader forever. But there's a lot of voice actors who a lot of voice I have a friend who's a really big voice actor in Hollywood and he's like, there's a whole area of voice acting where you're a voice match. You can voice match for people so that you're say that you're doing the Lego movie or something. They're not going to be able to get like the Lego Batman movie. You're not going to get Christian Bale or Michael Keaton to yeah. do that voice. But we can find somebody that matches it. Even so, though it's Will Arnett and that's a whole separate thing. Yeah, but like yeah. AI is starting to take a lot of jobs mm -hmm. and that's what it's what people are really worried about now. I mean, you think about the Skynet thing and it's 
that's can be scary, but I mean, there's so many safeguards in place, but it's like the, are people, are we going to, are graphic designers going to go away since yeah. you can generate these amazing images? Are writers going to go away in general? Like, would you even need a writer to, I mean, I guess you could give it parameters to write something new, but when it comes to sequels and stuff, you could AI generate any sequel script. Yeah. Or, so, dude, I did this thing the other day. It was crazy. So, um, I, I was, uh, there's a couple of like writing programs right now. So like, obviously these, these companies are reaching out to people to write uh, original content so that they can sell it then to these AI companies to generate all these topics, right. At, at yep. will. And at one time they were, they were paying like $5 per word. Like people would literally write a, a 200 page or I'm sorry, 200 words, something like that. And they would make really good money. And so yeah. now they've kind of started to put it back, but there's a couple of companies that are still trying to break into that scene um, that have like the most bullshit, like, uh, you know, question and answer to get you approved through the system. So it was hilarious. They were like, you need to write 200 words on, you know, what you can do to boost your social media algorithm and do not plagiarize at all. We will check you. And so what did I do just to be a smart ass? <clears throat> I went through chat GPT and I was like, I need a 200 word essay on mm -hmm. why uh, social media uh, will be diminished from uh, from AI in blog post, uh, in the blog post world and be 100% plagiarized. And so I ran that through a checker, like right before I put it into the system. And it was like, I 70% yeah, plagiarized and it was crazy. And so I, I did so that before on, you ran it. Cause they have those other services that you get where you take whatever chat GPT gives you, yeah. then you run it through and it changes enough that it's not plagiarized. And it, and it also doesn't trigger any AI, um, uh, things that detect AI yeah, yeah, yeah. and they kind of not, because I'm, I'm feeling that's where social media is going to go. Eventually Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Sure. When they recognize that the caption copy is written by AI, if they can recognize it, they're going to knock down the reach because they can, they don't see it as genuine. Yeah, they, they're all about content. being, yeah. they're all about making a shitload of money, but they always say it's all about, we want genuine, real you know, content, real <laughs> content. Yes. Yeah. So, so I just, I left it, but it was, so I, I, I basically applied twice. Right. And so yeah. one of them, I left it plagiarized and it was instantaneously flagged and kicked back. I just thought the article was funny because I flipped it on its ear yeah. and tried to make it hundred percent plagiarized. Steve, it would skate through the system. The second one did go through and I haven't got confirmation of whether I've been accepted or not, but it was, I will say to the, if anybody's listening to this or fact checking or whatever, yeah. that was 100% chat GPT. I didn't write a single word other than what I wanted chat GPT to spit back out of me. Damn. 600 word essay. I need this thing. Boom. Five seconds. And then I ran it through a corrector. It changed 92% of the plagiarism. Yeah. And it was like, this is skating. This is getting through a system as original content. Okay. Using another section of AI. To and it gives you like a percentage of. Yeah. yeah. Well, it shows you like, like significant, like red flag, significant plagiarism. How many lines are plagiarized? Uh, you know, better than half of the. Okay. Work. It was what crazy. do they consider plagiarism? It's how many how many words have to be exactly the same in a <laughs> that's, string? See, that's what, what I, are the I I don't know that. But that that was the thing that kind of like jumped out at me. Is like, well, okay, so if I start changing, and then so when I did change it, yeah, it came back as like, okay, this is original content. So what did it do? It moved around. It, it's probably like if there's more than three words consecutive on the same topic, then. But that's the other thing is that you have so many of these writers writing for these these uh, entities that they're taking original content, dumping them in, then chat GPT and other, other instances are looking at those and then spitting those back out. Those are then getting published. So it's like, yeah, at some point it's like everything, if you just type like anything right now and, and you use that as like your essay or your whatever, 1000% 
there's plagiarism in that. 1,000%. Wow. It is not original. I mean, yeah. I, I would challenge anybody right now, just if you don't have a ChatGPT con- or account, go set up one. There's no issues with it. Type in anything. I want a 1,000-word essay on frogs. It'll spit it out in three seconds. You can do the rainforest, whatever. And grab that. Go into a checker. You can probably use, like, Grammarly has a pretty yeah. decent checker. It's free. You put it in there. Check it. Guarantee. Yeah, it's almost all. Guarantee it's plagiarized. Fine. Yeah. And I've I've used it, so I, I don't use it. Uh, I, so it helps in my job, especially when... Uh, let's, let's use one of my clients, Steamworks, for example, I've been working and doing social media for them for almost 10 years now. So it's like, how many fucking things can you say about this beer I've featured a million times over and over again? So now I don't, I use it to like help kind of spark something in my brain. So I'll, I'll put it in and be like, give me a short social media caption about this beer. And this is the description of the beer and it'll spit it out. And then I edit it because I don't like, cause I can tell it's all it's, yeah. it's using this language that's used in all these social media captions. And so it makes it seem, and that's another thing you said it's plagiarized. So all of the, if you, let's say I try to do the same post for a client that I did 10 years ago, mm-hmm. it's still going to recognize if I just copied and pasted the, the, like the caption copy, it's going to know. So I have to write something completely different. So what it's doing is just grabbing stuff from everybody else's posts yeah. that have been going on forever. So it, it's already to a degree, I think, starting to see that it's, it's not genuine. And I think like what you were saying with how these people are feeding this stuff in there. It's like, are we going to become, is all business going to be a bunch of idea guys and nobody that does the grunt work? It's like, you know, the Steve Jobs is where they're like, I want the internet in my pocket. And now all of you engineers figure out how the fuck that works because I don't, I'm an idea guy. So we're going to have all these idea guys just feeding these things into AI and having them generate it. And it's, idea guys are like chefs, like too many chefs. Is it going to spoil the pot? And by the pot, I mean like, society yeah yeah i mean i think so taking that back for a second going back to the to the writer's guild yeah um i i still think that there is such a vein for like humanity uh the human character that that is writing something that even if they're the best writer that they they accidentally make a mistake right it has a human nature behind it you can tell when it's written that way there's such a need for that because even if these guys were to say you know, okay, let's, whether or not we agree or disagree that basically movies are the same script with a couple of changes and they reproduce them anymore. And it's just this and this and this again, there's so much like, that's why when something seems original and new, I mean, people cannot get it enough. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I get so mad at Apple TV because I can't binge. If it's a new show like Silo, it's fucking yep. going off the chain yep. with that show. And then I hit the third episode and I'm like, no, oh, now I'm hooked into this for a week. Yeah. Uh, so, but anyways, if they start using, you know, whatever platform to spit out these these scripts, I mean, they're are they going to be original? They're gonna feel original to the audience. You know Probably what I mean? not. Like, I mean, how I, many things can you render different yeah. to make it feel new and fresh? I mean, it's it it may be the first couple ten, you get to a hundred scripts, you know, two hundred scripts, a thousand scripts, mm-hmm. everything is just gonna be beige. And the studio, the people, the, the studio heads, the producers, the people who don't want to pay these writers uh, and are not going to, you know, are going to fight this. They don't care because they see this all as their formulas, their formulaic. And I mean, they've said, I forget who said it. It's, it's old adage, but like there's only seven stories and there's just different versions of them. Mm-hmm. There's really, you know, it's like man versus beast, man versus self, man versus, and by man, I mean just human beings in general. It's, it's just a old patriarchal thing that they still say man <laughs> versus, right. but, uh, it, but, and, and the thing is, is if I, I've been a movie nerd my whole life. I went to film school for a couple of years. Like I recognize the framework of 
every movie now. I know exactly what's going to happen, when the rising action hits, when this is going to happen, and how they're going to wind down. through. I can see it all happening. And the truly unique movies, I think, and TV shows are ones that they still follow that, but they somehow make me forget. I forget and, and I'm somehow surprised. And I don't think that we'll get that with, with AI. It'll be way too... And, how much are they going to use the AI? Are they going to use it to generate an entire script and then they go, now we can pay five interns to touch this thing up and sure. make it more original rather than pay somebody who's an established writer untold amount of money for their script? Because they generally, depending on their deal and how big they are, they just get a flat rate for we're buying this story from you. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's more of an like that. That seems more of an easier step is like we're going to we're going to, you know, write. I don't know, 400,000 words. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to pay, like you say, some interns to kind of tailor this and massage it to make it appear as if it's new. But you are right, though. Like, you know, I don't have a, a nearly as keen of an eye for like a movie as you do, but I, I can I can clearly see when something I'm like, that's. I've seen this a like, million hey, that's, times. <laughs> I, that's Joe's character. Like, what? He, you know, I'm the same Simon in this one. Like, yeah. what the hell is good? You know, and so I, I think the, the uh, but in a weird way, if, if we get, it, it's kind of like, that like nostalgic feel that I, that I see right now. And, and I don't know where this is coming from because I am such an audio buff that I, I, you cannot deny there's, there's a certain quality of hearing something on a vinyl record, but it is not necessarily better than a produced item in the highest digital format that you can get mm -hmm. now. Like there can be so much more clarity, mm -hmm. but in that clarity, you sometimes often, you lose depth, right? You lose you lose dynamic range, and that's what you get on a vinyl record. But all these people, like the resurgence of vinyl, like right now is just crazy, Like, it, but it's it's almost nostalgic. Yeah. You're like, oh, we printed it on vinyl, it sells out. Like we sold 200,000 copies of the vinyl single. Um, but people want that, right? They feel mm -hmm. like there's there's that tangibility to it, and it almost feels original. Even mm -hmm. though you can have the same song on Apple iTunes right now, yep. they want to get They've it They've gotten there. better. Like the M4As are a little more dynamic than yeah. they used to be because MP3s were – I still have old MP3s that I got off LimeWire in like 2003, <laughs> yeah. and I listen to some of those, and I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. how the hell were we listening to that? But then, then I've got like a buddy who's a vinyl nerd, but he mm -hmm. also like only – for digital stuff, he only does the lossless files. I forget yep. what the file types are, yep. what the dot – the file type at the end. But I was like, these are – these are like 50, 60, sometimes 80 megabytes per track. Yeah. Yeah. They're huge. They're, they're, but that's the thing is like you, 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 you take up massive amounts of space to get the fidelity in the digital realm, you know? And so I don't know. I feel like if AI takes a hold of this, this, the writing scene behind most scripts, I feel at a certain point in time, the vast majority of people, even, even like myself that aren't, aren't really movie buffs would start to realize like, this is garbage. Mm -hmm. Like I want something real. I want, you know, and so it's like, then that, that would have that like pendulum swing and maybe it doesn't come all the way back, but, I, but I think that people would be searching for something organic and yep. real and it'd be like, well, I can tell, I clearly tell the difference. But the other thing too is, is like, it's a little bit scary. Cause like some of that, some of it's only going to get better. So in, in my feeble brain going, all right, well, you know, at some point, you know, people are going to get sick of it. Well, what if it starts to get better? And all of a sudden it realizes like, mm -hmm. we have to change this because this, 
recognizes some string of code that looks really similar to the movie from the 1980s yep. and all of a sudden it makes a, a change in so then it almost becomes unrecognizable that it is written mm-hmm. that way so it's like there's the fear of like that yeah. but and then where, um, where are we going to get to a point where it's like organic food yeah where it's just like these movies have like a organic <laughs> not ai like non-gmo not yeah. non-ai generated and yeah, you're paying just a, sticker, a little bit sticker. extra yeah if you want to watch it it's going to yeah. cost you but it's original yeah, it's like 3d you're like paying four dollars more because actual people wrote the movie yeah <laughs> Time. Yeah. Have you started? Do you uh, do you watch anything on like Apple TV? Apple TV. Ted Lasso's one thing I watched mm-hmm. on on Apple TV. I'm only two seasons in, um, but I'm a big fan of that. I didn't. Wa- I wanted to watch the Jason Momoa show, but I haven't given that a shot yet. I have all. So I have all of these streaming platforms, mm-hmm. and like Apple TV for some reason, I'm like, I'm not. I can't pay for that one too. And I kind of rotate through based on what's coming out. Like. Oh, I'm a Halo nerd. So I was like, I want to see this Halo show, which was not good. <laughs> but I was <laughs> yeah. like, I want to see this Halo show. I'll get a couple months of Paramount Plus and then move to Peacock if something's on there. Because, I mean, I don't want to get to the point where we're paying 150 bucks a month just like we were for cable. Yeah. The whole point was to kind of be paying <laughs> less than that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, I honestly, the one I – and it's hard. Like I was saying, like a- Apple has done a good a good deal where what they'll do is they'll, they'll put out a banger. Mm-hmm. and But they'll only release – three episodes. So they let you just stream like the first three hours and then you're hooked, you know? Yep. Um, but they've had a couple of really, like the, the Jason Momoa show, the C that was really good. Yeah. Exceptionally well written. Um, I'm really into this show silo and I think yeah. I've seen the, the newest, trailer. Oh dude. Like man, like it yes, super, yeah. super good. Um, very well written. Um, all now there's a couple of decent, like known actors, but almost a, a B, a B, like rate of actors, but they're just, they're all doing good. And I, it's kind of weird. I think Netflix actually started to really capitalize on that where they were using like unknown actors mm-hmm. that were really, really good. Yep. And it distracted from the bullshit of like, I'm just going to take this whole thing in and I'm going to watch it for what it is. And you stopped like being like, Oh, did you see the new, um, I don't know, such and such like Tom yep. Cruise or whatever movie. Um, and so I really like that. But so the Apple's done exceptionally well with that. Um, they've got a couple of really good series on there. But What's the morning? They also do the one with Steve Carell. And, yeah. Uh, I wanted to check that one out too. I watched the first season. That was good. I mean, it yeah. was super, um, you know, I mean, like it, love it, hate it or whatever. It was, it was very topical at the point at the time when they released that. It was, you know, cancel culture, like big, big time. Um, but it was, th- the way that it was written was good. I, I can't say that it wasn't a, a good script for the first season. I haven't checked out the second season. But uh, but that was a good one. They've got a couple other really good ones on there. But it's um, I, I do agree with you. It's like you find yourself instead of like I remember like a couple of my 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 friends' dads growing up. Like they'd be like you know like scrolling through the satellite and it'd be like the old one. Yeah. You hear it out the bedroom, yeah. and, you know, <laughs> and they're just like scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. You got you get you get lost in the scroll of finding something, or then you hit commercial and you go to the other one. I feel yeah. like that's like. Bounce from Netflix. You bounce to iTunes or uh, and Apple flipping TV. through a bunch yeah, of shit that you've like, seen. Oh, or what is, what is all this? You're crap? Not interested. Yeah. And I'm not sure if you have. Everybody has Prime. The great thing about Prime is is is, is their video content, their original stuff, is just a vanity project for Jeff Bezos, aka <laughs> Lex Luthor. He doesn't make any money. Nobody's getting Prime just for the content. It's like a bonus you get because almost everybody uses it for the shipping. And uh, I don't know if you've been on there, but the content is just. There's every terrible shark movie that's ever been made is on Amazon Prime. (laughs) Santa Jaws. I've watched. I'm a shark nerd. So I've watched all of them and they're awful. One was Sharks of the Corn, just sharks in cornfields for some reason. Uh, Avalanche Sharks. 
Uh, so you get these apps where they like they become a thing and then they have some of their own original content. And if it's not making money or doesn't make sense, then they just fill it with whatever chaff they can find that was on Hallmark Channel 10 years ago yeah. or, <laughs> you know, garbage. old trauma movies. Are you familiar with trauma? They did like Toxic mm. Avenger okay, and yeah. like the killer condom. And <laughs> <laughs> that's a good yeah, it's the, the, that's what they're filling up with. And I feel like that's where we might get because, I mean, even these new writers that are rising, writing these amazing shows for Apple TV, how many scripts does it take to where they can feed all those scripts into the mm. AI and generate something completely new? And fresh from it. And they're like, we don't need you guys anymore. You've written enough. You've created enough of a world that we can just keep this going. Sure. So the, the unfortunate thing is all they need is one. Really? One, one script that kicks fucking ass. And don't tell anybody. Let, let the results yield what they're going to yield. If it does really, really well, like exceptionally well, and then they come to the table and say, hey, this was completely produced with AI. Then it fucks then it's the whole fucked. world up. Yeah, that's true. And just thinking about like the the first thing I think that this would work for and that people are going to do is why would you need anybody to adapt a novel into a script anymore when you could feed a novel in and they could not only write all of the proper dialogue, but but distill it down to a two and a half to three hour mm -hmm. movie uh, rather than because that's got to be the most challenging part is like, how do we take this book and all of these details and turn it into something that's palatable in such a short amount of time? Yeah. Have you ever watched a notebook? Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I saw that in the theater opening weekend yeah. with my girlfriend at the time. And I was so I was like, all right, fine. I'll go see your stupid fucking chick flick. And then by the end, I was like, this is one of the best things I've ever seen. Like, I, 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 didn't, I didn't realize that the hook at the end of it. <laughs> I know. And I didn't I didn't what they didn't show you in any of the previews, really, until like the you know how they have the teaser, then the mm. first trailer, second trailer. I don't think until the later on and I missed it was they didn't show you the the James Garner, like the older folks version of the story. Yeah. And that's the part that just shatters your soul when sure, you're watching yeah. that. Just where she doesn't remember him. And then when she finally gets her to break through and you're just like, <laughs> yeah. why does my heart hurt so bad? Well, that was, that was also too, like, you know, I mean, maybe not a hundred percent pre social media, but I, for you to have watched MySpace, those, I think. yeah, it was but, all we had. Yeah, <laughs> friendsters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you probably had to either get those uh, those trailers either at the movie theater, mm -hmm. you know, get there early, watch them, or you know, if you had cable or something, if you were you know uh, subscribing to cable, you were catching them. So it was like it wasn't. I mean, right now, if I see if I hear about a good movie, I'll go watch all six trailers right now and be like, okay, I'm going to watch this. It's going to be really good. Well, you can, you know? I'm going to show my age. You already could see the white here, but uh, <laughs> I knew exactly where to find trailers when I was younger because I was such a nerd. They would premiere trailers on Entertainment Tonight mm -hmm. and they would tell you. So I remember when they were like, first look trailer for Batman Forever is going to be on Entertainment Tonight, like Tuesday night at this time. We recorded that shit on a VHS <laughs> and watched it over and over again, but that was the only way you could see them. Or at yeah. the movie theater, like you said, like that's the only way you could get them and Watch them over because I mean nowadays people watch trailers over and over again. Then you have you have whole accounts on YouTube that are dedicated to breaking down trailers, analyzing every frame, going like, "Hey, look in the corner here. You see a blurry version which of what might be this character that we're not sure is in the movie." But and they just speculation has become an entire business. Oh God, dude! Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're getting they'll you know easily get two million views on a trailer, forty five second trailer, mm -hmm. you know, minute fifteen, and so yeah, what are, they're they're. They're probably just monetizing the shit out of the trailer, you know, yeah. where it's like they might have had to pay for that. Well, I don't know how that, how what did that work? What kind of ad revenue do like, we yeah, get? Back in the day, how did that work? Wait, they, for you, did you think they'd have to pay? Like, like, it, like say we go to a movie theater and, yeah. and there's the, the five minutes before and it's, it's six mm -hmm. different movies and we're watching minute long trailers, right? Yep. And then, so how did they 
get that trailer? Do they would they have to pay for that ad space to? See, I'm not 100 percent on that. You'd yeah. see. I imagine that there is like that is ad space that you have to pay for, but. It depends because sometimes like you go to see a Warner Brothers movie yeah. and then you see like two or three Warner Brothers movies that are coming out before sure. it. And you go, do these movies, do, do the trailers ride with the movie? Gotcha. Um, that makes more sense. Like, is it because, I mean, back when there were reels, the trailer reel was this whole separate reel that you'd put on and run through that. Then you'd load the movie stuff on. Now it's all digital. It just comes with like a thumb drive. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'd have to ask somebody that works at the movie. My brother worked at the movie theater. I should have asked him. Like, do you do these come together? Is it are the trailers attached to it? Like we used to have for like VHSs, where that's what I miss about yeah. buying the previously viewed VHSs from Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. go back to watch a movie and you'd be like, coming next summer, Homeward Bound two, yeah. and you're like, oh yeah, I remember when this movie came out. This was just happening, or like old VHSs of shit from TV, and you can watch the commercials. Yeah. Like we had a version of the '60s Batman movie because remember the TV show? They had mm-hmm. a TV show, then they made a movie of it that they released that year. And like I had this version from TBS that was just littered with the worst Long John Silver's commercials. But <laughs> I know all those commercials; those live rent free in yeah. my head now. Uh, but I don't know, man. I'd have to. That's a good question yeah. to figure out whether it's they have to pay because sometimes if you're going, like I went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy three, mm-hmm. and they had a trailer for the new Flash movie that's gonna have Michael Keaton back as Batman and everything. Gotcha. So I imagine that there's that they didn't get that for free. They if you want to if you want to especially yeah. advertise something that's their direct competitor that they have to be paying for. Oh right? yeah, they're probably paying a shit pot ton of money putting I mean looking at it that way. How was the the third galaxy? Oh man, dude. Galaxy? I got teary eyed like 10 times. Yeah. And trigger warning, dude, if you're taking your kid if you want to take your kids to see it, it's a hard PG-13, man. Is it? And okay. when it comes to animal like animal body horror almost. Oh dude, see that's like these like, you've got that's... like this little otter and this little like thing that have been like turned into half robots in a really morbid ways. And it's they're adorable once you hear their voices and you you start to feel for them. They're also scary. But I mean, if your kids are animal lovers, mm-hmm. it's going to create tr- just give them a gift card for whatever local therapist because they're gonna <laughs> yeah. need it later on. That's my yeah. My son wanted to go like opening weekend, and I was like, yeah, it just didn't work out. And how old's your son now? He just turned eleven. Okay, eleven. Yeah. I think is is eleven. Be okay. Yeah. But I mean, if it's seven, eight, nine, and it depends on. I mean, it also depends. People don't realize they. You can rely on the MPAA as much as you want, but every kid's different, I imagine. Yeah. And it's like my parents knew that I was a big fan of movies and understood that it was – I didn't have any kind of weird blending reality where, where I got scared of horror movies. Like yeah. the first horror movie I ever saw, I was like, ooh, I wonder how they did that effect. I wonder how they made it look like that. Yeah. Some people don't have that and they, they, the people that can't watch horror movies because they it really fucks them up. So it's like, does your kid kind of get really into stuff and yeah, it's he's, real he's, to his, a degree? Yeah, his imagination is a little bit too close to the heart, I think. So mm. we might we might wait a little bit on that one. But yeah, yeah I mean, the first two, like that, that's like that's like his movie. That's his jam. Yeah. So I'm like, they're so cool, man. I almost want to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're just so well done. Um, and the soundtracks. The, yeah. Remember when soundtrack, and it reminds me of the 90s when a movie soundtrack was a big deal. Pulp Fiction soundtrack. Every my mom had a copy. God. I had a copy. My grandparents had a copy. Dude, of I remember. The Pulp Fiction um, soundtrack. Uh, yeah, I I forget who gave it to me. It was on a cassette though, but it was the um, oh god, it was the Above the Rim soundtrack. Oh yeah, that's a, that's like a top ten soundtrack of all time. Yeah, and it was amazing. I, I'm almost like I'm I'm really drawing a blank. But was that a was Regulators on that? Mountain Up. Uh, it was I a clear was black night. Yep. A clear white. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that was. There's some versions of songs that are only on that album too. And depending on what streaming service you're on, like yeah. I don't think you can you can't buy it on iTunes. The Above the Rim soundtrack because. Weird licensing issues before yeah. they knew about what digital would be. If they, that's why De La Soul 
wasn't on any streaming platform up until like two months ago. Really? One of the greatest hip hop bands of all time. They didn't have uh, the licensing handled for all of the crazy samples that they used. They were all only involved cassette tapes and records and CDs, and that was it. So once it moved forward, to the, they, they were like, we're not going to – they had a big fight with the, what are we negotiating? Who's getting paid this much for this? Because now it's moving into the future. And mm-hmm. it's, so you lose entire discographies by, like, epic, amazing artists yeah. because of this bullshit. I think it's such bullshit. Yeah, that, man, that is crazy. Like it is what really aggravates me with streaming, and, and I don't know if it's I I use Spotify, but um, I it's weird. I I like the compression algorithm that Spotify uses um, a little bit more for podcasts. So I listen to a ton of mm. uh, podcasts on Spotify, which yep. is really weird. But it just it's just me being such an audiophile. I hear it, and it just sounds better. Um, but I listen to a ton of music, so I'll go in and, and I pay the monthly subscription, so you can download whatever you want. And I'll download an album that I know like by heart. And then you'll go to you'll go to open it up and there's like five of the songs available. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, hold on. Okay. Yep. I'll even purchase these. I can't purchase them. They're just not available. Like on iTunes. Do they have like, any like guest guest people on it? I or? don't know. It's just always I've always That's wondered because it's like it'll just be grayed out. Like and it's listed chronologically, you know, like as part of the as part of the album, but it's just not there. And I'm like, okay, well, are they working through something like that? But it pisses you off because it's always like one really, really good song that just takes you back to that mm-hmm. moment. And like, that's, you literally downloaded that album just for that, just song. For that fucking song. And you're like, oh, it's not here, man. Uh, just, and then that's why pirating will still stay relevant because that's Dude, the only I miss place. pirating. Like, I, oh, you can still do it, like, man. Yeah, and I was in a band and like, it was all good. And, you know, it's like goes against everything that we were trying to achieve, but I would steal the shit out of some music, dude. I use it for things that you and just software, simply can't dude, find I anymore. I would steal some software, bro. Dude, I- I, I ran I, Pro Tools for like a decade. Uh, yeah, dude. No, I used to pirate. <laughs> like, I used the 2003 version of Photoshop until like 2012 <laughs> yeah. because yeah. I was like, I'm not, <laughs> you, I'm not buying you, it again. I still- it just never goes yeah. to the internet. It was like, like an old yeah. G4 I had uh-huh. like back in the day. But like, just think, I, I have that issue with Amp Radio. So Amp Radio is something that I do. I'm an, a DJ on there. I'm not yeah, sure what, if you've what, heard what, of it. What is that? Yeah, let's get. Okay, so Amp is Amazon's app that basically turns everybody that wants to into a DJ. So you hold, it's kind of like you're hosting a show like a podcast. Okay. Um, a lot of people just plug in wired headphones with a microphone into it. Um, or you can use adapters to plug in something like I plug in my Blue Yeti into it. So it sounds really good. And then you're running a radio show. You build a playlist. They have licensing for almost all songs. It's kind of like Spotify where you'll see those uh, albums and you'll be like, oh, amazing. They have the album on there, but there's only a handful of songs or they won't They'll have certain albums from certain bands. Uh, so you build a playlist and then people can call in and then there's a chat and it's all run from your, the inconvenient part is, is it's all run from your phone. I run a show from my phone. I listen to shows from your phone. So you have to like, if you have an older phone, the thing gets real hot mm-hmm. and so, it, sometimes people's just crash and their show ends. If you don't have like an iPhone 12 and it's only on iPhone right now that you can actually have the full experience because they're still working on the, oh, you can listen to it on Alexa. You can listen to it through an echo, but it's really hard because you have to say like exactly who the person is that you want to listen to. And if they're not on, if it's like two minutes away from their show starting, it won't jump right onto it and it's tough to navigate, but it's super fun. It's pretty new. There's a lot of fancy people that are on there and have their big shows like Nicki Minaj has a show there. Joe Budden moved his podcast directly to AMP. Nick Cannon just 
got on there so he could talk about all 28 of his new kids that are coming over the next (laughs) year. Uh, But then there's a lot of creators like me and other people that just, we build these playlists and I've kind of gotten into the nineties realm. I do all, now I have a show every Friday called all that nineties and a bag of chips. And I was playing off of all that in a bag of chips. That thing we used to say in the nineties. Some of the people don't understand that. And they think it's funny to keep asking me, where's my chips all the time? Like, where's my free chips? And I'm like, I'm so fucking over this. (laughs) So, and that's like an eclectic nineties mix. I do all sorts of nineties music and then soundtrack songs from the nineties peppered in throughout. Uh, And then Tuesdays, I try to do one where it's all about collabs these days where you have somebody else call in and they're essentially the co-host. So you're doing a co-host gig um, and it's pretty easy to monetize. They have a creator fund right now. I was on it for a month. The next month they were like, here's 350 bucks for your shows. I was like, what? And then the next month, they were like, here's 550 bucks for your shows. I was like, what? And then this month, they were like, here's $680. And I was like, holy shit, they're really wanting to keep people on here. And I'm like, I have 21 people listening at once. So there's probably, I would say, like 50 or 60 people that come to each show. But it shows you how, at the end, what your peak listeners were. How many, what was the total number, the most that you had at one time? Mm. Um, And then I get like 44 hearts on it because you can heart a sh- the show and then you can chat. They, they look at things like, are you keeping people engaged in the chat? Are people calling into your show? And they're just paying any Tom, Dick and Harry that's going to be on there. So it's so, so is, is it just, so you have your own, you have your own channel, your own playlist that you're, and people would then have to find that. Or is it, you've got this like huge batch of music and they're just all these time slots that you're, you're dipping into like Nicki Minaj is here, or is it like a channel, like on a YouTube page? It's kind of, you, you have a profile, right? So you have a profile similar to a social media profile. You see, uh, you'll see your icon and then you'll, you can put a link on there and then you have a little bio information. Then it shows your show schedule. So whatever that you've already pre-created. So you go and you create a show and go, and you, it doesn't, I mean, you could be smart about it and go, I'm not going to do a show. If, if you're like a hip hop person, if that's all that you do, especially newer music, you're probably not going to put your show up against Nicki Minaj's show. Uh, you're, you're not going to do that because that, that would be ridiculous. That's your audience is probably all going to be there. So you can look and see that, but you can really just create a show at any time you want down to the minute. Like my show's at 4.01 p.m. And then you build the playlist and then you sit there and you just play the songs and then talk in between. And it's, it's like a regular radio show, oh, but you're running it from... All from your phone, which I'll say it again is kind of a pain in the they, ass. So they don't have like a, an iPad app yet at this no, point? I, I think you can run it on an iPad. <laughs> you can run it on an iPad, but um, it depends. I, I haven't tried, so I don't know if there's issues with it if you're trying to run it with an older one. Um, there's a lot of glitches still in the system. Like the chat will disappear and say, we can't, you can't see the chat. You keep hitting refresh. Um, it's only a year old. But uh, the community has been one of the most supportive online communities I've ever seen in my life. Everybody's super supportive of each other's shows. They Everybody helps lift everybody else up. There's a few outliers that get kind of petty about stuff, and they, they kind of have their own small groups of people that go to their shows, and they just talk shit about other people. But, I mean, it's very, very rare, which – in the online community, man, that's, you know how negativity, <laughs> negativity yeah. is what sells. So, I mean, it was, it's nice to be a part of this community where everything's so positive and yeah. just so uplifting for everyone. So Joe Budden's doing a podcast through AMP? So he does, he had a podcast before, yeah, yeah, right? It was a super, 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 super big good, podcast. Well, so he moved it to AMP. So he runs, and with the, those guys, they're probably running something like you've got here where they're running a board with multiple things, and then they feed it in. But they all have to be feeding it into a phone. It all has to go into some 
you have this giant board, then it goes into a USB. That USB goes into like a USB 3 lightning mm-hmm. to lightning adapter, and it's all getting run from the phone still. So it's live, though. It's live. And that's the crazy thing is that it's live. There's no if, – if you're lucky enough, if you're big enough, or if you have enough engagement, they'll sometimes select you for replays mm-hmm. where you can listen to shows that were on before. But the chat's not live, and you can't see what people were chatting. You can just basically listen to it like it's a podcast. And if you stop it, though – then you leave the app and you come back. It starts it again from the beginning, which sucks. So you can't like a podcast. You can't listen to it in spurts because yeah. a lot of us do that. Like I do that with yours. I'll listen to yours for like a half hour in the morning and then I got to go out to a client and then I'll listen to the next half hour. Like when I come back to my office, you can't really do that with that. So it's it's, it's a it's appointment. It's like appointment television, and appointment radio. You need to it's like stern. You got to be there. You got to listen to it when it's happening. That's crazy. That's why. So. <clears throat> so it's basically it's it's really not a podcast. It's probably like it's more mm-hmm. like a radio show or so, an actual broadcast. Yeah, but he moved, so he still does the podcast. I, I imagine say, does he, he's got does he but he does it live on the show, and then now he has access to all that music and can play it. Because the issue we've had with if you want to do a music podcast, you can't even just pay ASCAP and all of the licensing fees because. If you have a downloadable file, that's something completely different than if it's live on radio. So when it's live, it's totally okay to use this music because Amazon has paid. For all the licensing, for like even independent licensing, they have there's some crazy shit you can filter. Your album's on there, the history of albums on there, (laughs) and I'm gonna play some music from it one of these days. But it's not '90s because I'm the '90s guy. Sure, sure. Uh, And I do different shows every now and again. But like they have tons of shit. But then they'll have stuff like no Incubus music's on there, oddly. And Mm -hmm. so you wonder what's their what were their licensing deals? Are they super protective over their music? Some artists are like that. Like Neil Young is not on Spotify because of Joe Rogan. He removed all of his stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a huge deal, man. Yeah, um, that's what. So it's called Amp. It's called Amp. Amp. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. and your show is Thursdays four oh one p.m. It's no, it's Friday nights Friday. Uh, six p.m. Mountain, but I always just say five p.m. Pacific. Everybody forgets. A lot of people that do this are from the East Coast and the West Coast, sure. and they just for some reason nobody understands Mountain Time because they don't even say it on TV. It's the least populated time zone, so nobody ever. It's always like watch it at five p.m. this time, eight p.m. Eastern, or seven p.m. Central, yeah. and then all the mountain people go. Well, uh, yeah, I where, guess I'll just go me? an hour before Central. <laughs> uh, but Friday's at 5 or 6 p.m. our time. Okay. And then Tuesday's at 6 p.m. too. Two, every Tuesday and Friday, 6 p.m. Mountain. Nice. How long is your show? Like, it what, depends. What the, what's the situation? Generally, I it's, I try to do two and a half to three hours. Holy shit. Okay. Because I try to get 25 songs in each playlist. Okay. And it's, it, takes, it takes a while to curate these things, man, especially when I'm trying to... For the 90s one on Fridays, I'm trying to be so eclectic and kind of that's kind of what how I grew my audience. I mm-hmm. had a little something for everybody. So it's like open with a hip hop song. So let's get like, you know, 93 till infinity on there. And then, OK, let's then kind of fade into an R&B song. And then let's do like a lighter, maybe like a Lisa Loeb, more indie alternative song and then get to like a harder Green Day song. So we do four songs and then the soundtrack song. And so we flow up and down like that. And so it can be it takes me. Way more hours to build the playlist than you, actually. So you build the playlist the ahead of time. Mm-hmm. You oh, can okay. build the playlists. Yeah, you want me to show you on here, or is that not going to be good for the? No, <laughs> I, I don't care. It's all good. It's, <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, I can kind of show you what one of my uh, what this looks like. So that's yeah. This is my profile. I'm not sure if they can see it here. They, they, I mean, yeah, not really. But that's the profile, and then you can see all the okay. shows in here. So the show, these are the shows that are already scheduled oh, okay, okay so it has the description of it then you can say go to show if i want to i can just like go live right now okay but then the playlist is here and then you can add songs and move them around here so okay. this is i've got so you can build those early and it's and i suggest anybody that's doing this 
build the playlist early because the people that go in there and go, I have five songs and then I'll just take requests. There's no guarantee that people are going to be calling in or even sure. suggesting anything in the chat. You can't, unless you're pretty, but you've been on there for a while. I've been on there for two and a half months now and I've gotten a decent following because I mean, on here, if you've got like 350 people following you, that's pretty big. If you've got a thousand, you're big. And if you're Nicki Minaj and stuff, they have multiple thousands, but yeah. they have a built-in audience. So sure. it's yeah, yeah, totally yeah. different. Um, but yeah, man, I wanted to get it on the ground floor on something because the podcasting thing was fun. I did it for a while, but yeah. I always wanted to really, the reason I like podcasting is I was such a huge fan of Loveline and Howard Stern when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. I really wanted to be a radio DJ, but I wanted to talk more, but I wanted to be able to play music. And I was so shit scared of putting music into podcasts, hearing some stories of these small guys that just get these letters like, well, it looks like this. Ah, we reached out to Apple. Your episode was downloaded this many times. And so this is how many counts of this crime of copyright infringement that we're coming after you for. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, what the, f you know, they're not going after Ben. They're not going after Rogan. They're not going after Kevin Smith. They're going after these smaller people to, I don't know, fucking make an example. Sure. Like when they used to yeah. hang pirates in front yeah. of ports. I'm always freaked out about it. Like we, we obviously are recording the screen now. And so like, there's been a couple of shows, like I had a good friend of mine, Ryan Johnson on, and we usually play a game and, and, and I never, you know, even the chimes, the chimes I always think about like, Oh, is that, hold on. This is, this is this game making this specific noise. Hopefully it's, you know, but it freaks me out even putting something on the screen. And I know that, you know, you look at like, your user agreement with YouTube mm -hmm. or Spotify and you read it, it's fucking Greek, man. Yep. It's like, and, and it's, it's like, ridiculously you know, long. Do you it's, accept this? it's like, yeah. And then like, you look at all the, all the community guidelines and I, like, I'm asking a buddy the other day, I'm like, you know, cause we're, we're trying to work on a few sponsorships for the show. And, um, <clears throat> and so we're, we're like on YouTube, especially we're drastically far away from being monetized. Like you have to have a, a thousand subscribers right now. Mm -hmm. We have like two thirty or two forty or something. Um, and then you have to have like, uh, 10,000 hours listened uh, or watched, you know, quote unquote, um, within a year. And so like mm -hmm. right now we have 800 hours. Yep. We've been doing this for about seven months. So it's like, yeah. we're a ways away from monetization. So I'm like, okay, well, if we can get a couple of local sponsors to maybe just offset the burden, like that is our rent here and then our yeah. production fees and things like that. You had to have a pretty big initial investment too with all of this. Yeah. I mean, just this, how much did this cost? This is <laughs> yeah. dope, by the yeah, way. Yeah, but that was like one of those spins, like, you know, when you're at Target and you're like, I don't need it, but I fucking want it. Yeah, that you happens know? to me every time I go yeah. to Farmington to go to Target. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, my wife goes to the clothes and I'm like, cool, I'm going to go over buy all the toys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. see if they got that. I was just Infinity checking out that Gauntlet new, Lego yeah. set. <laughs> yeah. That new 75 inch TV looks dope. It's only 450. Baby. I know. What the hell yeah, happened? Howard, remember when TVs were giant, heavy things you needed four people to carry? Oh, yeah. And they cost thousands and thousands of dollars. Even now, you want a 4K smart TV with that even, you know, has the audio out, like the high quality optical audio output, all this stuff. It's like six, $700 tops. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I got like I went in to get a TV. I got I got that on sale. It was an open box. It was like Best Buy classic oh, deal. Nice. You know, I'm in farming. Like, let's go see what they have. And be, like, I worked at Best Buy in college. So I know like kind of the gamut that they do. So every once in a while, you go in there and you if you like, I usually go to the gaming section because that's where I worked, and that's usually where the most nerds are. But they're usually cool. And if you talk to them, they'll have a conversation. If you can kind of get in that lane with them, and then I'm like, hey man, I know you don't work in uh, the TVs, but can you come look at this with me? And he's like, yeah, sure. So I go over there, and it's like open box. And he's like, oh man, I think it's damaged. I was like, nah, this is legit. Nobody's marked it as an open box yet, though. So I was like, how about you walk this up to the floor with me and 
we're going to get this bad boy. And it was like $300 less, but still. Was there commission? Do you get commission if you talk to somebody when you're selling something to so somebody? So it depends. So as a salesperson? And, you know, I, I worked at Best Buy in 2007 through 2008. So, oh, so that was right I mean, when it was like they had to shift because Circuit City, went, their biggest competitor, yeah, went away. And yeah. somehow Best Buy is so still the, around. At the time, um, and, I, and I can't speak for it now, but at the time, the only people that got uh, commission were like, if you worked at a, a Best Buy that had a Magnolia Home Theater, okay. you you got commission off those sales because those were like $10,000, $12,000, mm-hmm. $15,000 sales. Um, and then you set up in-home installation and things like that. Um, and then also if you worked in a, a normal store that just had the TV selection, and then it depended on the store and maybe some of the management, like um, some of the bigger PC sales, like if they were above X amount of cost, those those folks would get commission. Okay. But most of the, you know, like if you're working in cell phones or if you're working in whatever, it was You're just, helping someone find printer ink, yeah. they're not. Yeah. It was just hourly. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I dug working at Best Buy. It was kind of crazy. Dude, it's, with how you were explaining how much of a nerd you are with certain things, like you were oh, the dude. guy that were like, you probably got passed off to Like They were like, you need to talk to Kyle. <laughs> yeah, 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 like, I, you're asking me all these questions. I don't know shit. Kyle will tell you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you want. Well, do you got to burn up? So the thing of it is, is like when you're there, like it gets busy, but it's like any other thing. It gets busy at certain like times of a day and yep. then it's dead. So if somebody walks in and you got a five hour shift ahead of you, it's like, I'm going to bullshit with this guy as long as I can. Cause then it looks to my boss on the camera like I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit if he buys anything. You want to go play God of War? Let's go, dude. Let's we'll, go. <laughs> we'll freaking, yeah, let's, let's go. That's better uh, than stalking. And it'll be like, oh, yeah. you better. It looks like we need you to go out and, uh, damn, yeah. we need to go to the DVD section. No, no. I don't want to go. Not the media. The worst thing, the worst part about um, any type of uh, industry like that is having to work no matter what, no matter what, all hands on deck, Black Friday. Oh, yeah, and dude, it starts I can't imagine. at 1 a.m. in the morning. And you're I did there, restaurants, you're... and I did a Starbucks for a couple. I did a Starbucks near a mall for a couple Black Fridays, and mm-hmm. I opened. This is when I was This is when I was like 21, and I was, uh, I was like, I'm tall, and I'm hardcore, which I'm not, Catholic <laughs> school kid. But I'm going to be a bouncer at a fucking hip-hop club, and I'm the only club in downtown San Jose that somebody had been stabbed with a corona bottle and killed. Uh, and my mom reminded me of that all the time when she's like, you just don't get stabbed. Yeah. But I would work that shift because it was decent money for short. And then I would uh, just do graveyards, essentially, and then open Starbucks at 4.30 in the morning. So 4.30 to 4.30 on Black Friday with all these people and all they want are extra, can I get an extra caramel caramel macchiato? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm the gonna... hardest drink in the planet to make that just takes like, it's just like, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Can you cover the inside of the cup <laughs> yeah. with the, I'm trying to get diabetes real quick. Yeah. So more sprinkles, please. Can we double sprinkle? Like, yeah. All right. Here you go, bitch. Boom. The whole yeah. cup. Yeah. And I mean, for that, it was thankfully, there was a lot of people that were just like, give me a drip coffee. Yeah. I'm like, cool. But then you had, you're like, can you put half a Splenda in the bottom before you put the espresso in there? I want one shot of caffeinated espresso, one shot of, and then I want soy milk, but I want the foam to be whole milk foam that you put on top. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? What? Who? I'm like, you know, when you're like, oh, you missed some hugs. You're, I'm like, you got hugged too much yeah. as a kid. You yeah. have been coddled and I, now I'm having to deal with this oh, shit. Jesus Christ. Well, that's crazy. I mean, the, the, the amp thing, that is wild. Um, that seems like I'm going to actually check out that platform because in a weird way, getting back to, it was funny. So we went to a drive up coffee shop this morning with a guy that lives here in town. Um, and so him and him, I think is, it's either his fiance or his wife, they're, they're managing it. And so, um, but my, my son was like, Hey, how do you know that guy? You know, it's like every once in a while you bump into somebody and yeah. he's curious. So I'm Especially like, around well, here, man. I was like, yeah, I was like, it was crazy. Cause like, you know, he's kind of the person that introduced me into like the broadcast world. And I was telling him like, um, you know, there was a, a, a broadcast studio that used to, so used to air, 
um, the Avalanche games. And mm. so we had a contract or he had a contract, but he would bring me as a tag along. He was a senior. I was a freshman. Nice. And so we would go to this uh, this broadcast studio um, in, in in Durango. And Wait, was it Heath? No, this gentleman's name is Zach. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, I know a guy named Heath that yeah. has that kind of setup. Yeah. So we would go, and they would be, or we'd be listening to the game, and then they would go. It would like a cue mark, and then it would go to national advertisement. Okay. But people would pay to listen to local radio, so we would have to punch in local advertisement during the same exact thing. And so I started kind of under understanding that whole world of broadcast. Um, we never got to talk. Like that was the weird thing. And so like what we would do, like we would go in earlier, we'd, we'd go in and fuck around and then we would start to like get it, you know, like actually like get on the microphone and like get that feel. And it's, it's really weird. Like you're so, nobody ever knows who you are. I mean, unless you're Howard Stern, like everybody, yeah. like I imagine I like, uh, what's the, 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 uh, one of the DJs, morning DJs for 99 X, uh, Cody cop. Yep. Cody. Like, if you haven't seen him out in the, in the, like the field doing his thing, like we're down here, whatever looks yeah. nothing or like, like the way Jesse that, K on 92, yeah. nine. Dude, yeah. they look nothing. I mean, it's like you got a great face for radio, you know. Kind of. By, I mean, I'm not saying that, but <laughs> that's the, what I was told by you, several people. That's why I did podcasting. <laughs> but you of, never, you never know what they look like, you know. And so, but it was crazy because he kind of got me into that that fold of like, oh, this is neat. What does this button do? What does this switch do? And this was well before I ever even. I don't think I had played a guitar at that oh, point. Wow. Like, I didn't get into music until probably junior year of high school, and I was like, really? You know, and it was like, oh, I'm gonna play some acoustic, and like, some, I don't know what it was, like probably. Uh, I don't know, some like Kenny Wayne Shepherd or something. And I'm like, oh, dude, these chicks like this. Yeah, yes, watch me play that, you know. And it was like light bulbs, <laughs> light bulbs. Um, but yeah, so it was it was kind of crazy. But the the broadcast world has always sort of interested me. Like talking podcast. Like, it's live. Uh, you yeah. can edit this to a yeah. certain degree. If we accidentally like if I accidentally say something that's not okay anymore. It's just out there, and the thing is, is it's I I can't. There's not if it unless it becomes a replay, no one else is going to hear it. But you know who is going to hear it is is Amp. They have they have they have some pretty strong community guidelines. People yeah. checking it. Like uh, I know a guy. One of the other creators is banned for life. They just sent him an email like you're banned for life because he was making a joke about uh, he was just you know doing like a comedy podcast bit almost. And he was saying like something about somebody having sex with a donkey, oh. and he was like, and then he gets this email that goes, "We're you're currently suspended for like the the sexual content with an animal guideline, blah blah blah." Um, I don't think he would have been banned if he just stayed off amp, but he got really like indignant about it, and then he tried to like get on his girlfriend's account and run a show from her account, and that's what got him banned. But. They keep that stuff and they can check it up on it whenever they want. Yeah. Yeah. And they probably just have bots reading it, honestly, and flagging stuff. And then they have one person going through looking at the flags to see if they're warranted, you know, because yeah. sometimes you have you ever used a caption generator for any social media videos and stuff where it thinks it hears one word, but mm -hmm. it, it puts another one on there. So, yeah. yeah, it could be it heard. It thought it heard. You know, God forbid some horrible racial slur when yeah. it wasn't that. It was a different word. That person just happened to have an accent where it might have. Possibly sounded. sounded like <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a little crazy. Did you uh, when you first started doing the amp thing? Did, was it um, kind of a local following, or are you seeing it? It sort of no, come in from outside. It's from all over the place. Really, a lot, the most of the people that listen to me are in are in the Los Angeles area. Honestly, oh, cool. it's really big down there because they had uh, gotten a bunch of radio personalities to jump on there originally. Like there's um, there's DJ Hesta Prin. Have you ever heard of Hesta Prin? Mm -mm. She's this. Uh, she's uh, does. She's a certified therapist. She's like a clinical therapist. So she does kind of therapy radio, almost like call in and let's talk about your issues kind of radio. And so she jumped on there. 
Uh, I forget this one guy who was on K-Rock. They got some K-Rock personalities to get on there too. And they're like awesome because the terrestrial radio is all but dead, man. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, if you – I mean, and it's, look at this market. It's so hard. I know some people at the radio stations in Durango. It's really hard to sell to people when your market's so small that you literally don't have Nielsen ratings to pull from. We're like, yeah. our market's too small. We don't have enough people to actually be able to tell you like how many people are listening or when. Yeah. They can kind of get an idea just based on feedback, the surveys that they might have to do themselves, I sure, imagine. Sure. I mean, man, when I work, so I, uh, part of my internship after college was uh, I elected to do, um, I was doing uh, pre production, basically uh, filler reels, like, listen to 99.7 The Point. Let's yeah. go. You know, like I would, I would write the script, I would send it out to the guy, he would record it, the voice audio guy, and I'd come back and I'd throw, you know, throw in the, like yeah, all the spinny yep. shit and just build like a cool little five second deal. But, um, uh, I was shortly thereafter, the internship was done, I had just started kind of started up uh, a business and I opted to kind of put some advertising in there. It was so goddamn expensive to run ads. And I, I loved all the people. Like at that time, my, my previous bosses were still working there and I had to like go in and be like, I, I'm not saying that I couldn't spend more, but I, I am saying for sure that what I spent did not have any amount of ROI. And I was like, so there's no way that I can take this risk. Yep. And like this, this is a big spend, right? This is huge. But I've got so much access to the analytics. Yep. Like I, I know, you know I, I know when I do a dog shit episode, a hundred percent. You know, and the, and the people will let you know with the comments, but also the analytics will show you like, okay, this didn't ring true with people and certain topics. You can see like, oh shit, this hit off hard in Texas or Oklahoma, and like, yep. and oh, you can see where like, there was like yeah. people went back and watched again. Yeah, yeah, because it'll show you a spike in that that specific part of the timeline, right? Yep, for, yeah, for YouTube specific. Yeah, and it does, and it's and I, I'm like again such a nerd, so I always kind of check that out. But the, this amp deal like kind of uh, is intriguing to me because. That's that's the thing that I find the hardest about YouTube is like getting subscribers. It is a it, it's an actual mechanism that you have to achieve before you can monetize your channel, right? Mm -hmm. And then like you'll get uh, it's like when when we first started this thing is like okay, one or two subscribers, and I know them personally, right? And like thank thankfully they're like, hey, I, I like what you're doing, whether they like the content or not, they're gonna like it or subscribe. Mm -hmm. um, but then you start to kind of see it build, and you do get this organic sort of traffic. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool to hear. That when you started out with AMP, yeah. it was like, no, it wasn't really local. It was like, no. yeah, so I, had, I like what, whatever I did they're... get a handful of people to oh, get yeah, on there I'm... because if you don't have any listeners, it won't let you play any music. Oh, okay. It'll, you can play waiting music or you can just scream into the void and that's about it. Yeah. It won't, that you get three solo songs and then if, if people aren't there, it won't let you play music anymore because, you know, they don't want people using it just to listen to free playlists of their own. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's good, though. They, they, it seems like they're whatever their algorithm base is, they're pushing it out to people that they think would like what you're yeah. doing. And, that's, and it's weird. And the with, fact that you're monetized already, that's like. I know, man. And I, the, the thing is, is it's a creator reward. And they gave us all this literature beforehand that's like, don't get used to like this. Don't rely on this. This shouldn't be why you're doing this. Yeah. This is just a reward for you. And I know the thing is, the weird dichotomy with that is, is they know that the reward is going to get people to stay yeah, longer. But course. recently in the last couple of months, like when I started getting paid, all of a sudden there was a sea change. And the some creators that were getting paid all of a sudden just aren't getting payouts anymore. Yeah. I mean, there was there's a couple of people that run shows every day, every morning for a few hours, and they were getting paid, you know, probably a few thousand dollars a month. And now they're not anymore. They also changed the guidelines around. They're like, we don't. Some people were just running like sleep sounds at night 
for people yeah. and there's no engagement. So they're really going more on are people engaging in the chat? Are people calling in? They're looking at a lot more things, not just like how many people did you have come to the show? Sure. And there's no real subscribers. And that's basically your, your follower is a subscriber. Mm-hmm. And when you follow someone, you can choose to leave the bell on to be notified and get a notification when they go live yeah. or turn it off. So when you go live, it goes, we're telling your audience. So most people, if you stick, you really have to stick to the yeah, same you, time you have, every week. It's, it's very terrestrial, very like yeah. serious radio based. Like we, this DJ is coming on or this. Yeah, you try, this people try to do on, pop-ups, like, but they don't v- do very well unless they have a huge yeah. following. You know, there's a, there's a lady named Atusa. Is this blue-haired little devil? She's amazing. She runs this. Uh, she runs this show every Tuesday night called Pervy Playlist, where she plays songs that are like sexy. But mm-hmm. she mostly does call-in games like the Pervy Feud. Like uh, you'll call in, and she'll be like, "All right, name as many euphemisms for a dick that you can in this amount of time." And then people are doing it in the chat too. And then, uh, but she was kind of that shows where I kind of first really started to figure out what is this community like? Yeah. How do we get it done? And then I've kind of become a cast member on that show too for where I do uh, impromptu inappropriate poems because I, I don't know how I might've been doing improv when I was younger, but she'll be like, okay, topic is nipples. You have two songs to write a poem and I'll write some hilarious poem about nipples. And I do it in this voice. I'm professor ham candle. <laughs> so it's also like, I'm saying all these things and you're going, Oh, this really reminds me of like old school shock jock style yeah. radio shit. But you have that chat and anybody can call in, which you could do with radio. But I mean, do you ever try to call into a radio show back in the day? Dude, and yeah. you'd either get a busy signal or they would be like, oh, you know what? This is the topic you want to talk about? Cool. We'll get you on. You wait. And they go, we ran out of time. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. I got on one time. I called. Uh, this was really weird. It was like when, uh, did you ever listen to serious radio at all? Or, uh, I did a little bit when it for, when, when Howard first moved over. Gotcha. I did. I got like a free month of it. Gotcha. So, but I was, you know, I was like 19 or something. Sure. And so I was like, I don't know if I can pay for this. I could barely afford my <laughs> phone just, right now. It's so expensive. Yeah. Unless you like buy a new car, you get three months free. Um, oh, that's there, right. Yeah. You, yeah, they do. So there was this uh, show called um, Opie and Anthony. Uh, oh, yeah. A huge show. And then that f- switched over to, to uh, Opie and Jim Norton. And um, and then uh, the last iteration of that is I think it's the Jim and Sam show. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, I, uh, like I called in one time because they were they were talking about um, – the uh, God, what is the movie? Um, uh, Rad. Okay, Do you remember the Bice, the, yeah, the, the BMX, yeah, the yeah. BMX movie. So I, I call in, and because I have like a weird story. So it's like when I first watched that movie, like again saw a trailer. Um, but me being such a dumbass, like that was a VHS, and it was such a poor production movie, and it was also a poor production on the VHS. Yeah. Like it opened up with an ad um, for like something else, like like a, not a completely different movie. Just it was like a it was a local. It seemed like it was like shot in a Kmart, and Whoa. so I like I go to like take it home and I watch it, and, and it's like a five minute ad, and I'm like, oh, this is not the movie I want to watch. You yeah. know what I mean? And so I call in to Jim and Sam because they're they're reviewing this movie, and I'm yeah. like, dude, I got this crazy story, and I tell it. And uh, you, you tell know. it to like the person who, feel, no, no, who like, I, screens they, the calls. No, no, no. Oh, no. you told it on air. Yeah, no. So, so yeah. So Sam, Sam answers. He's like, "Hey, man, thanks for calling in. You got a story about Rad?" I'm like, "Yeah, dude, I tell a story." And he's like, "That's fucking dumb, dude." Bye. And what? I was like, like, "Oh man, I uh, loved opening it. That would have like crushed me." Oh, if no, they it was, said it was, that it, it's 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 like Sam's way. Like he was he he basically let me down. You know, very publicly, but also like softly. Be like, that's a waste of airspace. Don't call again. Thanks, bye. Thanks for listening. But oh so, man, yeah. But it was it. That's the only time I've ever gotten through. But yes, God. you are right. It's like a a straight up. You run into a wall, or you get the guy that picks it up. Yeah. What do you want to? No, no, no. no. Not gonna call back later. Click. 
Yep. You know. God. I won I used to win tickets for shit all the time. Yeah. I was you remember caller number ten. Oh yeah. I would call into this radio station we had in San Jose and well it was in San Francisco too. It was called uh, ninety eight point five KOME. It was any barrier people that were around when I was younger are probably freaking out right now because it was the best fucking alternative radio station <laughs> ever. And they would always be giving away tickets and especially for things, they would be giving away tickets to concerts. And then they'd always give away tickets for like a two weeks before the movie came out sneak preview. Hey. Now, I learned after I I won the first one that it was super cool because if you're seeing a movie two weeks before it comes out, not just like the day or two before it comes out. Every time you go see one of those, when you walk out of the theater, they got a whole bunch of people with clipboards who want feedback from you because they're going to make changes. You, you're the test group. Oh, you're the test group. So crowd. I like when I saw fucking uh, Freddy versus Jason when I won it off the radio, I saw a slightly different version than we've all seen. <laughs> they cool. cut out a bunch of shit <laughs> afterwards. I didn't. I was always like, I don't want to fill. I don't. You don't have to fill yeah. it out. But I was just thought of, and they give you a poster and they used to give you these big tickets that had like a version of the poster on it. So you yeah. felt really special. And now they don't do shit like that anymore, man. You don't have those two weeks before. Nobody gives away radio. Yeah. Nobody on the radio gives away anything you really want anymore. No, it's always garbage. I can't believe that, uh, uh, is it, who is it, Bob and Tom are still on? Wow, like, Bob I, and Tom are dude, still on? <laughs> uh, yeah, like, uh, I don't know. I was in somebody's wow. somebody's office the other day, like a dentist's office, and it was early, and, and they were on. And it was like the classic Bob and Tom. And they yeah. got the, the one gal, I forget her name, but... Um, yeah, it's like I've heard so many horror stories about that show from like other people talking about it on podcasts. Like you go in and it's it, it they like a they hate each other. They've done it so really? long together. Yeah, they're not friends. They sit at different. They come in from like different uh, like spaces in the studio. They sit there. They go through their day. Hey guys, good morning, Bob and Tom. How are we doing? And so like anybody that comes in on like if it's a comedian or something, like they've got basically like a ledger of their jokes. And so what they try and do is like wait for that cue, and they're like, "Oh yeah, oh, that, how about that one time? Like, uh, uh, you know, you did this, and, you, and that's like your cue to like go into your shtick." And I'm like, "This is so fucking cringy." And like, they have to do that in every fucking city. I remember David Cross did a really great bit about that on one of his albums. Remember comedy albums before yeah. we just had to watch it all on Netflix? <laughs> I miss listening to comedy and wondering what the yeah. fuck they were doing with their hands. Like, I didn't know what what Eddie Murphy Raw was on mm -hmm. video. Until like 10 years after I first was listening to it on like a bootleg sure. <laughs> tape. But like just having to go from city to city and go through the same. And he always does this thing where it's like, and they always have some stupid names. Like, you're listening to 98.5 with the gator and the lunatic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's time for the Friday morning fart song. Like, it's they have to deal with that. And then they, they're not allowed to do, they don't, it's not like a podcast where you get a little bit of room to A, talk about real shit or B, Improv a little bit of the conversation and make jokes work rather than having this cookie cutter formatted mm -hmm. bullshit, especially with guys like Bob and Tom have been doing it for so long. They're like they have they don't even like each other. I imagine that they have absolutely no patience for anything that's not the routine that they're in for this show. Oh, dude. Yeah. And it's like, you, you know, that they're, they're having to show up for, for the money at this point. It's, it's, it has defined them. If their real names are Bob and Tom, congratulations, but chances <laughs> are they're not. Uh, so it's like, you know, they've created this whole world. Um, and, and, you know, they, they're just living it. They're, they're living out dude, the last so couple of days radio. as, you know, terrestrial radio is going to die. What are we, so we had Howard, there was Bob and Tom, Opie and Anthony, Kevin and Bean was the thing they did in LA. Yeah. Uh, remember Tom Likas? 
He was like the OG, like super misogynistic asshole <laughs> just by himself. And he had like, a, he sounded like Alex Jones. Maybe his final yeah. form is Alex Jones. Maybe he turned into Alex Jones. <laughs> but there were so many of these radio personalities and they it just. Was Don Imus. Don Imus. Like super you know, controversial. Yes. Him, and, mm-hmm. him and Howard were kind of doing a very, like not a similar stick, but it was, it was, it was so edgy that it was like, and I, I think Imus was on like a. It was an odd station. It wasn't. Were they like both a, on Clear Channel at the same time? Was it Clear Channel they were on? I, I thought they were on the same. They were at the, working for the same company mm-hmm. essentially, so it was like a rivalry. But they couldn't get too shitty about each other because yeah. they were, you know, technically part of the same corporate family. Yeah, and that's weird too. And then you, you've got to deal with like the whole like syndication thing. So it's like I I I forget these guys' names uh, that are. They're either right on whatever channel is is you know syndicated with them, but they're right on after I think Bob and Tom. And uh, like Jim and Andy or whatever. And so um, they'll, it's when they have to read local ads, <laughs> it's hilarious, dude. It's like you got this guy in like Omaha, Nebraska, who's never been to anywhere in our area, is like reading some stuff. And it's like you hear him like, go on down to Tinseltown. And like, you know, they're talking to you like, what the f- it's, it's, it's Omaha, just, Nebraska's yeah. only 20, 365, 24 7 Christmas store. You can get Christmas. Did you know we have one of those in Durango now? I was what? like, we finally made it. One of those year round Christmas stores. Oh, for real? Yeah, you can get Christmas shit there any day of the week. I think <laughs> that they should keep up at least, I would say, for a minimum of a six month period. Pre or post Halloween, it doesn't matter. But a spirit Halloween store, thank you, should always be around because it's not just Halloween. It's like we, we you know, costume parties, all kinds yes. of things. This weekend, tomorrow, uh, no Saturday, we're actually going to go to my daughter's birthday. We're going bowling, but we're going to dress up as animals. You going so, on a farming team? You going to Skyute? Skyute, yeah. It's just such a better setup, oh, and man, they don't measure easy. your drinks with a robot like they do yeah. at the one in Farmington. They have those <laughs> things they click on that measure exactly a yeah, shot, one ounce pork. Yeah. yeah, God, dude. Oh, man. So uh, that brings us to a new topic. So, you know, you and I, we know each other because a lot of my band members worked with you at Steamworks. Yeah. Um, and I, I never knew. And this was this was why I was like, oh, this is crazy. I had no idea of your your career, like outside of oh, Steamworks. Oh, after that. Yeah. Well, it, it kind of started there. Okay. So it started okay. that their marketing guy, Brian, one of the co-founders, he's yeah. the one of the two co-founders, Chris and Brian. He's the one that's got usually like a handlebar mustache. And he's like the marketing guy who's out shaking hands and kissing babies. He was like, hey, man, I don't know anything about social media and I'd love your help. And this was when I was just managing on the floor. And I was like, yeah, dude, I used to make like I made my space band pages for people before I moved here because they didn't have they were like, we don't know, like graphics, like, can you figure this out for us? So I kind of helped with some posts for a little bit. And then he was like, we're going to make you the social media manager. So that's like, you can bartend a few days a week. And then instead of having two managing shifts, you'll do 16 hours a week, just doing social media stuff for Steamworks. And then Almoro when it opened. And then it kind of just rolled into, I went out on, went to, like I said, BCI, worked there for about a year and then went out on my own and kind of, so Steamworks kind of created the career for me. Oh, huh, just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, do you? So when did you leave Steamworks? Because I I hadn't seen you and I, I it's probably been a decade. It's really I mean, like it's, we see each other in person, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Because I mean, I was still working there. I would see you and Simone come in, and yeah. and I'd be like, "What's up, Kyle? How are you doing, man?" Um, I'd say 2017 is when I left okay. to go to BCI because what I had done was is I was like, okay, I they kind of they they had this thing happen where they were like. They have a new person come in that was like the CFO guy. And they're like, okay, so. This is BCI has this? No, no, no. This oh. is at Steamworks. Oh, okay. This is at okay. Steamworks. They had a new CFO person come in and kind of was like looking at, they had an old CFO that, you know, had been there forever. And then this new person's coming in and 
dialing shit in and making it better. And it was like, you know, this isn't really something that you should, this is something you should be kind of paying for outside. So what they were like, they're like, hey, we're not firing you or anything, but what you kind of have to do now is can you create your own like LLC and then we'll pay you and then you could still keep your bartending shifts and everything, but we'll pay you to do this work as an independent contractor. I was like, cool. Yeah, no problem. I'll totally do that. Uh, and then I did that. And then all of a sudden I was like, well, now I've got this. I can start doing it for other people. Yeah. And I think the first other client I got after them was um, was the Taste of Durango, Visit Durango. Mandy Davis, who was uh, – I think she was still working at the Ore House at the time, was like, hey, I need somebody to help run. So I don't have the bandwidth for it. Can you run social media for that? So I had my own small kind of operation, boutique, like just me doing it. Did a couple things there. And then – I got scouted by BCI Media, which is the digital agency that's attached to the Herald. They had a new guy that came from the Bay Area, same city I came from. So we had a lot of rapport there, talking about restaurants we used to go to. And he was like, hey, man, I kind of want to bring you onto the team. And I get there and I find out on the first day of training that I'm not there to do anything cool and creative, like take photos and make videos like I love doing. I'm there to be an outside sales rep. (laughs) So I have to sit there and learn their products specifically, which were all pretty at the time. I don't know how it is now. They're all pretty cookie cutter. Like here's a package. You get a package. You get like one Facebook post and one Google Plus. Remember Google Plus? Mm -hmm. Google Plus post per week. And then you get this and you get this. And so I'm selling these packages for about a year and I go, I just don't. I don't. I thought it was a great opportunity, at least get some time in the digital marketing realm, learn more about other stuff I don't do because I was pretty much just a social media guy. Social media is what I knew. Facebook and Instagram, honestly, at the time, that was it. Uh, And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go. I want to go out, go out on my own. And I found a guy named Tyler Rice. I'm not sure if you know Tyler. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys were playing music locally together, but he was the banjo player for Liver Down the River for a lot of years before he, uh, he, he stopped. But he is really good at web design and SEO, which is not my realm. I'm the creative guy. Like, I'm good at video editing. I'm good at sound editing with videos. I'm good at photography. I'm good at graphic design. And I can write copy. I can write blogs. I could do all that stuff. So I was like, I had met him. And I was like, hey, man, what would you think about partnering together? And I'll handle all this stuff that you don't do. And you can handle all this stuff that I don't do. And we can just have our own thing. And then I left BCI and was like, hey, I'm I'm done. I'm out. I'm, I'm, I, I got to do this myself. And it was funny because Ben at the time was like, I thought you were going to do it in the first like three months <laughs> because he had seen so many people like me who did it, who did what I did, the people that did the work mm-hmm. and then became these sales reps and were like, I can do this better and then left. So I stuck around though, because I, I enjoyed working for BCI media. Yeah. They're great people over there. It was just still the program for digital marketing was so new over there that I wasn't sure that they kind of, they were still feeling it out. But I was like, okay, I'm going to go. And it's been successful since. I've just been, and I've kind of dubbed myself the creative director because there's two of us and we didn't know how to title ourselves. <laughs> so sure. I was like, I'm the guy that does the creative shit. You're the, tech, you're the technical director. I'm the creative director. And then we've kind of just, we, we're a two-man operation. We try to, we don't take every client. We kind of really fit. And we don't just cookie cutter or try to like nickel and dime people like, oh, well, all right, well, what, what's your budget? You only have 200 bucks a month. Cool. We'll do this for you. We'll go like, here's the plan that you need to do for success. And we can do this plan or we can not work together. Yeah. We're not going to pare things down just to get pe- money from people because it's not going to work. Sure. If someone goes, hey, I'm looking for somebody to just do organic social media for me. And we hope that it can, our goal is to 
you know, get our sales up 10% or something. I'm like, you're not going to get that with just organic social media with the following that you have. The organic social media is a lot of just talking to the audience you already have. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to need ads. You're going to need a whole sales funnels kind of set up. You're going to need to be reaching people through advertising. There, You're going to need to be building an email list. I explain all this to people. And most of the time they just... Gloss you, you over, gloss over. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a lot. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, I I tried to, and I and I love them to death. Um, uh, uh, Kate Shea and Kelsey Parks. I worked with them for a while, trying to just get a get a website up and get this thing going. And um, you know, we we had a really good uh, rapport. Like we, I, I love them. Like genuinely, as people, like they're they're fun. I like them. I love <laughs> having conversations and interactions with them. And they're just genuine people. Um, and, but in a weird way, like I was, you know, I was like kind of trying to tax them with this thing of like, okay, I want you to market for my, uh, build this out for my, my, my real estate business. And then also at the same time, like, let's build this out for the podcast. But it was really weird. Like we kind of came to a head and it was like, we had gone through all of these, um, these deliverables. Right. And, and they did their job. And it was like, I, it was strange. Like we got to the very end and I, I just, I, in my head, I was like, you know, the podcast is the podcast is this version of Kyle. The podcast is is what I mm-hmm. what I want to be, regardless of who sees it. This is me. The real estate world is also me, but it's a different thing. Like I'm handling sometimes million dollar transactions, and like yep. you know, I can't show up with a backwards hat. It's not that I can't, but it's just like you know, some people need to know that that I am intelligent enough to like handle this type of deal, and I'm really good at contracts and and things like that. And so they're two separate worlds, and I was trying to meld them together, and I'm telling yeah, Kate and Kelsey tough. to like. Hey, you guys do this. And we got all the way through these deliverables. It's like, like, what do you think? And I'm looking at it. I'm going like, nah, this is, this is not it. And then, so I started really thinking about that. I was like, you know what? I, I didn't give them the information enough to succeed in a weird way. And it was like, it, you know, but I had to call them and be like, it's just, it's not going to work. And it, and it really was like a, it's not you, it's me conversation. I was like, I think I need to let this podcast in a weird way grow and possibly fail at certain things uh, in in a very organic, natural way. And I was like, and I'm not ready to brand it. I don't know what I want it to be. I don't know what it needs to look like to the public. And so, you know, we kind of parted ways, um, but in a weird way, I, 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 it's like, I'm having to fail inevitably at some of these things like social media marketing and success rehearsal, man. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, so it's hard, but you don't, you don't think about it. A lot of people think that, you know, you can take on, all of it at once. Mm-hmm. Like I can do my social media marketing and I can do this and you absolutely can, you know, but there's, you're not going to have a life. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a time and a place to where if you have a defined path that you want to go down, it's like, it, it's okay to reach out and be like, Hey, I'm going to, I want these people. But what, what long and short of that conversation is like, just because you like somebody mm-hmm. or you love somebody or you mm-hmm. enjoy having drinks and the conversations are great, it, it may not always jive at the end of it, right? And I and, and it's like I'm not jaded at that situation. Like I'm so glad that they were kind of there for me at that time frame in my life. And we worked on that for like six months. It cost me a lot of money. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like they did what their job was t- mm-hmm. to do, and I was paying them for that. It just didn't work out. So and if, it happens so often. Yeah, and it's like – and so people – it's like you, you kind of like, if it doesn't work out with this agency, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to work out with the next one. And yep. it's like, and, and sometimes you grow out of an agency. Like if you're working with, with a group or if you're working with a production engineer or whatever the deal, yep. it's like, I mean, you know, sometimes the show just does this or you take this route or it's mm-hmm. like, all right, hey, we're, we're going to just go ahead and like give hugs. Yep. And, you know, and for I, certain stuff, like for certain business categories or creative projects, I it's there's a lot to be said for what you need to do with regards to uh, like expectation management 
and just being truthful with people because you'll get people that are just salespeople, right? That uh, and thank I'd like to thank BCI Media for honestly teaching me some amazing sales techniques. And Ben, Ben Sorensen kind of took me under his wing and taught me some great sales techniques. I don't like doing sales, but like there's uh, something to be said for there's the type of salespeople that just like oversell and just try to get you to sign, right? And I learned in this business, like the if you're real honest with people, like if I'm like, hey, they're like, hey, I want to launch this thing. It's going to be all online based. It's going to, I want to basically create passive income for myself. That's the key word they always use. Takes a shitload of investment monetarily in the beginning and time-wise. And then I always am telling them like, you're going, this is going to be, this is a long haul. This is a trial and error. We don't like, we can read all the blogs we want. We can talk to all the experts we want. I know that you just, I have clients that do this all the time. I know you just read a marketing book and went to the seminar and you think that that's the fucking gospel of all marketing, but even they'll tell you, you need to try a bunch of shit out to see what works, where your audience is. You can't just do three or four Instagram posts and go, uh, Instagram isn't where my audience is because I didn't see as much as I saw when I was sure. on Facebook or something. <laughs> you need to keep trying and you need to keep investing time and money into these things to really see it work. So the biggest thing is to just manage expectations and be like, if you really want to do this, there's no guarantee. We're going to look at analytics. We will improve, but there's no guarantee you're going to see like a hockey stick yeah. Kind of like what they call hockey stick growth when you're looking at metrics. Sure. They're like anytime soon, especially when you're trying to build like this. Like you're gonna if 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 you built this super fast, chances are if you all of a sudden had a thousand subscribers because you use some marketing techniques, chances are some of those were kind of done in a black hat way, or some of those people will be kind of fly by night, show up and then leave. Mm -hmm. When you're slowly building an audience, those people will be loyal. Yeah. And it takes longer, but it's way worth it. Oh, I mean the the yeah, the outcome of the loyal audience is I I heard somebody say this the other day. It was like a forget this lady, but either way, she was like an Instagram model or an Instagram or whatever. And so like she grew her account. It, it was it was like in two months. And she hit like a million subscribers or not a million, whatever, likes or whatever yep. it is on Instagram followers. And so then she does this huge campaign and like builds all of this merch, like shirts and sandals and and like dumps, I don't know how many thousands of dollars into that and literally doesn't sell a single item, Whoa. like nothing. Not a and she's like, item. I don't know what happened. It's like, well, you didn't build a fan base. You built an audience. An audience is fine. An audience is, is okay. And, and you can be monetized to a certain level from an audience. But there's certain things that you can't do unless you have a fan base. And like a huge, a, yes. a huge audience that has a smaller fan base with inside that audience. Yeah. Like, and start with one shirt. Like, start with one shirt that's like an inside <laughs> joke from the thing. Start with that. Yeah. And then hit people. Don't oh, yeah. build out a whole merch station with all this shit. Jeez. Oh man. Uh, I got one shirt that I am producing because I was talking to Colin's dumbass on one of the episodes <laughs> and uh and we were drinking heavily. But either way, I I still firmly think I've heard so many, and I think Colin told me this, but I I I really truly in that episode thought it was six degrees of bacon. Like so, and he's like, No, dude, it's he's like, first off, it's six degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon, but he's like, I think that it's actually like three degrees. Of separation from Kevin Bacon. And I'm like, nah, dude, I'm just going to, I'm like, I, I made the shirts, dude. And he's like, what? And it was like, we were remote. So he could like, mm -hmm. it was like catching everything. It's like, I'm just going to scratch out the six and put them set, put a seven. God, six so, degrees. So I, the, well, in six degrees of separation is how it all started as like a sociological theory that everybody's connected to everybody yeah. on earth within six people. Right. And so then the Kevin Bacon thing comes along. 
And then after that, I used to play a game with my brother and a bunch of friends that used to do a podcast. We would do it on air and it was just called the six degrees game. And you'd pick two actors and you'd have to, you'd sit there and you'd have to like whoever could get it the fastest. Uh, and it's super fun, but it takes fucking forever. And yeah. you fuck with people and be like Marilyn Monroe to, you know, like Brie Larson, like good luck fucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so you'd have to, we'd start like doing research beforehand to just be like, all right, what movie, what was the most recent movie by a bunch of these classic actors where they were in with somebody who like, I don't know, Helen Mirren or Ian McKellen find us an obscure movie when they were not even well known yet. But that Six Degrees game, everybody, that Six Degrees game is super fun if you're a movie nerd. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need Kevin Bacon. Just do it with everybody. Yeah. I don't, and the, 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 I can the imagine mer- you and Colin. <laughs> the merch thing, dude. I, so I, what's the, I, what's I got, the shirt I, idea? Tell so I, I don't know. I mean, realistically, I told him on that episode, I was like, I, I wrote, uh, made shirts. I said six degrees, six degrees of bacon. And then so the joke was with him because it was like breaking in and out like with his his reception or whatever. Because, yeah, you did yeah. that one remote. Yeah, it was a remote yeah. one. So he's like, he's talking and I can see him, but I'm talking over him <laughs> on purpose because I know it's and I'm like, I'll just and, and I'm drunk as hell on whiskey and White Claw. And so I'm like, I'm just oh, going to have to scratch out the, the six and put a seven. So I am going <laughs> to eventually make that shirt like seven degrees of bacon with the six scratched out. That's but, awesome. Uh, but Dude, I'll buy way. one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just have to rock it on here enough to where people's like, "He's wearing the same shirt like all the yeah. time." Like, yeah. Do you have good. any merch? Do you have like a We Built a Podcast shirts that you can? I mean, because you can do, go through those services where essentially there's yeah. no there's no risk for you. You put the design up there, you'll make a royalty of a buck or two off each one, but the, most of the money goes to like say I don't know sure oh what's the big one that does uh, like Redbubble? Yeah, that use a lot of graphic artists do like nostalgic remixes of. You know, it's like, it's like Ronald McDonald, but he's got like face tattoos and he's like throwing yeah. up the Wu-Tang <laughs> yeah. W or something. No, I, I don't, man. I, I thought about it. I was such, I was like the merch design nerd for the band for the longest time. And you have and some I, cool and merch I, too. I, I enjoy that. Like it's just. Did you just design that a, album cover for Alcharinga? Yeah. That was a dope ass album yeah. cover, man. I may or may not have been on Hallucinogens operating. I uh, imagine so, based yeah, <laughs> so. I looked at that the other day. It like randomly like popped up. Like I've just been like. All of my playlist, if I have reception, so I don't download everything to the phone, but um, I'll just hit shuffle. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's such a weird deal in the morning. Like, I'll just let it shuffle for two hours. And, like, sometimes some shit will come on there. And the other day, like, one of the songs on Outro came on, and I was like, oh, man, this takes me way back. <laughs> but then, like, you know, some random shit will pop up. Like, the other day was, uh, um, God, what popped up? And it was just like, um, oh, man, it just it just, like, got me in the groove of, like, and so I've just been doing this, like this constant, like upload of like this morning shuffles kicking ass. Boom, here it is, and like just trying to like uplift people if they get something. But I mean, no, I don't. I, don't, I mean, to get back, I don't have any merch. It's just it's it's one of those things. Is like eventually, yeah, I could see it happening. But I want to. I kind of want it almost to be like crowd driven. Yeah. It's like if it, if this thing Ask, gets people are clamoring for it, and so yeah. you bend to their will rather yeah. than try it's to like, force it down. Like their if throat. somebody made a joke of like if the Kevin Bacon thing, the dumbass fucking drunken comment I made, it became something, then yeah. Or if something else like develops and and you know grows a little bit of steam, if somebody comments it and it's like a recurring theme or something, yeah. then I would do that. But it would be strictly like fan driven or audience driven mm-hmm. of like oh yeah. And if if it was like two of them sold, then cool. Two, you know, I wouldn't yeah. be attached to it. Um, I damn sure wouldn't go spend fifty thousand dollars on merch, but um, nope. but no, like the merch thing, like I'm, I've always been kind of weird about merch, and it's is like totally driven from like bands. Like when we started, like people were already not really purchasing CDs, you know what I mean? And so it was like the merch thing was like at that time it it, it 
like when somebody bought a shirt from you, it felt so much more contextual than if they bought your album. You want them yep. to listen to the music, but if you buy a shirt from somebody, they're gonna wear it. They're gonna rock a Fleetwood Mac. Yep. You know what I mean? They're gonna they're gonna promote you in a way that the music doesn't necessarily promote you. Mm -hmm. Granted, you're selling the music. That's why you want, but they they love you or they like you and they're they're proud enough of what you did or enjoyed it enough to wear something that represents that. Yep. And so like merch for me, before merch was really the only way that artists started making money or do make money now. Touring merch for merch, me that's it. was the way that we made any money. Like, I mean, I remember being on tour in California, eating fucking ramen and tuna out of a shared bowl in the back of the trailer with the guys, like be like, this is dinner tonight. And like, we had to sell three or four shirts to get down to wherever we were going at. Like we, you know, there'd be days where we'd be stuck in LA and like the greater LA area for two weeks. And it was like to get gas to the band, like, you know, we got to sell two or three shirts. You and guys so fucking hustled, man. You guys did the, did the deal. Like when people go, Oh, you know, I was in a band. They're like, well, <laughs> the, the experience you had is the, like you had a band, you did the touring thing and not a, like you had a label put you on a tour no. and get you at like even motel sixes or something <laughs> low key. You guys were all in that van. And so when I heard some of those stories from, from oh, Jeff and I was just like, man, you guys just write a book. But then so many bands have those stories. It's like, yeah. I mean, yeah. the thing of it is, is like we would find ourselves, especially like in California, like that whole West coast circuit. Like if you, if you get up to Seattle, you play with a band and then you might be on the same show with them, like three or four weeks later down in LA or something. And it was, it was weird and close knit, but the, the thing, like I, I was talking to a friend the other day who, who also does music, um, maybe not like to the level that we did it, but he runs a podcast as well. Oh, nice. And, uh, you know, he was like, it's so different, like with music and I can't speak to every industry, but like our industry, that rock, that progressive rock industry, and, and I think it be, because a lot of it was like fueled at that time by like adolescence. A lot of band members were really young, ours and other tour. Like we get, you guys were still in your early twenties, right? Yeah, but I mean, we were touring. Like we played a couple of shows with this band called Aiden. Like their two of their guitarists were still in high school, and they were on Warp Tour. They're touring the the country. Wow. And so, but th there was a lot of like like animosity between bands. Of and course. Like, and it like, you know, if you play the show and you're headlining and then the next night, like, well, why the fuck are they headlining it? You know, because we were headlining last mm -hmm. night. It, you know, it's all the booking agents. All Similar with comics too, man. Yeah. It's that live, it's, there's the camaraderie, but then there's always like that level of pettiness that just lives under the surface yeah. that you can't get away from because if, like, I mean, you're just saying you fucking are sharing out of a bowl. You're like, I'm paying my fucking dues. And these fucking high school kids that use their dad's money to get on the warp tour <laughs> somehow, or you know, you can't help it. Yeah. It's just human nature. Yeah, but we, I've what I found like on with podcasting, and it, and it like my little podcasting circle is is so tiny. Yeah, and we're all, we're we're friends, but it's like you know, even people that that you know, I'll I'll like or I'll share, uh, you know, one of the reels from his show, and like I don't know these folks. Like, there's some guys that live in New York or wherever they're doing yeah. this interview at. And they'll reach out and like, I'll see them like kind of follow some of my stuff and then I'll push it. And then it's like, there's a bit more camaraderie when it comes to like podcasts, because mm -hmm. it's like, like I'm a, I'm not talking to the same audience that he's talking to nope. nowhere near it. Right. We have our own little vein, our own little communities, but it's like, we're kind of constantly like sort of propping each other as best we can. You know what I mean? It's not like a Rogan, like somebody comes on this platform. You're not getting a million followers tomorrow. Sorry, Sean. No, that's just not happening. I, that's not why I did it. I did it because I just like talking to people. <laughs> yeah. So. I just like having, po I just love the podcast format. I was, 
Kevin Smith's what got me in the podcast back in like 07 when he started doing it. always remind me of Kevin Smith, dude. Always. It's because I kind of look like I started growing the beard out a little longer because there was one point where like I have the silent Bob hat and I was wearing it and my beard was shorter and someone was just looking at me. They're like, dude, are you do you love him so much that you're fucking becoming him, dude? And I'm like, I, maybe. I don't uh, I don't know. But it started when I was a kid, man. I, I watched Mallrats was the first one I saw. And I just love the way Brody talked, the way his prose for his dialogue the way he writes dialogue, which isn't necessarily realistic. People don't talk like that, but just that super quick. Mm-hmm. Tarantino is the same way and much better at it. But that he kind of helped develop how I talk. And uh, especially when I'm like drinking and hanging out with friends. Yeah. You know, like I want to hold court. Anytime I'm holding court and making people laugh and saying shit, that's all because of Kevin Smith. He kind of instilled that in me. He's uh so many of his movies are, are and and this is this is this is when I start to really realize my age, and because all of my friend group, you know, and and that can that can fluctuate from you know like ten years pre post my age bracket, but it's like if I I know a person I know that I'm probably going to enjoy a conversation or like somebody if they get a couple of like one off jokes if it's like from a Will Ferrell flick and they can like respond back with something like in kind or like I don't. I mean, if, if I can say this to you and you look at me and you go, like, give me the quirk, but it's like, if I say, what the fuck is the internet? Yeah. And you know that, then I'm like, all right, we got, we're, we're, the internet we're a is good a communications company. tool used worldwide <laughs> where people can share uh, pornography with one another yeah. and bitch about movies. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, man, but the, they, that, like, I, you know, Kevin Smith obviously has his own, like, that's his own world. Like, you know, yeah, Will Ferrell's created an empire. But it's like, there's yeah. so many, like, the one-liners and like it, it just it's 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 where my humor is based, you know. And it's it's it constantly like I'm not funny at all. Like I'm not. You're a funny, so, man. I listen. You've had made some good jokes on this show, Come but on, it's man. stolen from some movie that oh. I listen. It's always like <laughs> paraphrased and like loosely tied back to something. And I'm like, oh, that reminded me of this. But it, it's it's funny. Like I don't know if uh, I don't it's know like, if this- it's a heroin it's heroin addiction because. And Kevin Smith's recently come out and said that he's super codependent and he's dealing with it and he's like kind of moving away from podcasting so much. Yeah. He did a whole video, check it out on YouTube about some trauma he had when he was really little he never dealt with and all this stuff. But it comes from once that feeling you get when you make somebody laugh mm-hmm. is a bigger dopamine dump than most things. I compare it probably only to like adrenaline from skydiving. And so – it's like cool, but at the same time, you get so addicted to it. You become this like habitual, I'm guilty of this, habitual people pleaser. I need to be making people laugh, even if it's not the appropriate time yeah. to be making people laugh, you know? So don't be jealous of like people that are f- funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's not all it's cracked up to be, man. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I, I just, I see it. And, and the weird thing about the dopamine hit, like go, going back real quick to the band thing, is that forever, you know, I, I was never shy. I could get on the microphone and get in front of a thousand people. And we played some pretty large shows. Um, but the music with me and writing lyrics, like it was always my little world to sort of escape whatever realities I didn't want to face. And I, you know, if you listen to like old, old, old stuff that we did, it was always some like metaphor that was like twisting and winding instead of like now the music that we're writing, like it does have like, there's metaphors about things. But like when I say something, it's more direct. It's like, this is what I'm trying to say and I'm okay. And I'm comfortable with being in my own shell that I can say it like this so that hopefully you understand exactly what I'm saying. You don't have to wonder 
what it is. It's not hidden in some bullshit fucking metaphor that, you know, altering of the dreaming. Like that's all. There's a lot of metaphor. There's a lot to unpack. It's it's about a dream, right? It's about a nightmare, like start to finish. But uh, there's so much stuff like problems with my mom, problems with my dad, problems in life, problems with whatever. So are you the main writer of the lyrics? Because I know you guys probably collabed on music, but did you write almost all the lyrics? Yeah. So, so, okay. So back, back at that time frame, that was 2000. We wrote that album from like 2009 to 2010-ish. Um, yeah, at, at that juncture, we were it, oddly enough, like we were a band, but we were all still so jealous of each other within oh. the band's walls. And and the guys will tell you this, like right now, like we've gotten so far past this, we've matured. And that's why I say like the 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 youth aspect, right? The adolescent aspect of being in a band, you're jealous of each other. Yeah. And, unless you're not, and you just have this weird uh even though jive. you guys grew up together, yeah. Like, yeah you guys it's are like super but close. but you know like Jeff would write a piece and then Colin would write a piece. And they were always like conflicting of like, well, I'm the guitarist, I'm the guitarist, you know? And it's like, so I had my, I had my lyrics. Like that was my realm. Don't touch my fucking realm. This is where I live. I breathe. I do this part. This is my job in the band. So yeah, on that album, absolutely everything pre, pre that album, I wrote all the lyrics. I did all the harmonies and, you know, and, and it was really like my thing, but now writing the new music, um, we've completely flipped it around because we, we sort of landed at this, thought which is the song is more important than our fucking egos yep all right none of us think at all that we're ever going to be, get famous or we're ever going to get views from our, our music we're writing music again because we love it which is yep. why we started writing music in the very first place it's just 20 years later yep. right and now and you've so, got most of you have families now and yeah. it's like you have life experience to pull from yeah and i like that so are you uh so what was really funny is you've got a pretty deep voice man like in real life but when you sing, you have very you were, I was so I think it was the I'd only heard you sing, I'd only heard it before I met you, and then you're like, What's up, man? And I'm like, How the fuck <laughs> did that voice come yeah. out? Is the new stuff are you still is it similar vocal or no, because it was more no. you were going for more progressive and like emo yeah. metal rock at the time. Yeah, it's I mean it still dabbles in some of the high, but you know, the the guy it's funny, the so I, I went to Texas for a while and down there I was like so depressed. I was playing nothing but country, country music. And I was really working on my lower register mm. and, and sort of it altered the way I sing. And so I do still hit some high notes, but one thing with our previous albums is it was all up here. It was all here. There was no dynamic range. I wanted to just and that sing was as high. Huge at the time though. It that was w- the kind of like, and you guys were trying to make something that was marketable. Sure. And yeah. you did. I mean, that fucking album is better than a lot of albums that, you know, became huge. Yeah, I appreciate that. It is. It's <laughs> just that it, it doesn't just mean just because you're talented, just because yeah. you put together everything together doesn't always mean you're going to. There's a whole perfect storm of shit that has to happen to become successful. So oh God, yeah. if you'd had that perfect storm, if uh, the lottery balls had fallen correctly, I'm sure you would have. We wouldn't yeah. be here right now. You'd <laughs> be strung out on heroin somewhere. <laughs> somewhere <laughs> fucking L.A. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I sing a lot lower. But the, but the good thing about and this is the first time ever this has happened, but. Um, we've got about 17 songs written. I think we've got uh, seven or eight recorded fully. And, you know, every single piece in there, we we sacrificed. Jeff had a piece and Colin would say, hey, man, I think we should add this here because, like, it comes back around. And, you know, when we first got back together, um, it was like you could be like you could see the ego. And then we just had that talk with each other. Like, look, we want to write good songs, right? That's all we want to write. We're not getting fucking famous. Yeah. Nobody's going to know us. Watch you get fucking and famous so, after this. Because no. it's always when you go, I don't want to fucking yeah. be famous. And then they're like, hey, would you like to be famous? Yeah, <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. But it's, you know, we 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 realize like, hey, man, we're adults. We need to make sacrifices in life. We need to make sacrifices in songs. And all of a sudden the songs started coming together 
as a group, and they're so much fucking better. And then what, I dig what I've what heard on really, social really media so far. Really, really tripped me out was like I had a bunch of like lyrical ideas, or maybe like a hook, or and I had some some stuff. But we started actually doing nothing but uh, vocal and lyrical sessions. Like the guys, like Colin drives in from Denver, Jeff drives in from Grand Junction. We meet up at Courtney's house for a whole weekend. We've never done that. And like literally, I'll have an idea, and then they'll be like, "I think you should do this." Oh, okay, so you guys so are getting together to do all, that. We're all we're all making sacrifices, and it's producing. In my opinion, huh. way way better material, and and it, it's stuff that's far in my again in my opinion far more palatable okay. to people. You know? I didn't know you guys were getting together because I know you all went to recording school. Yeah, so I thought maybe you were just like, all right, <laughs> all right, Courtney, do the start with the drums, and then well, and you're just doing tracks and emailing them to each other well, and well, building. We, it. we do that, like we do. Obviously, that's how the ideas kind of start. It's like a little hook or a riff or something, and we share files for. It takes about a year to write a song this way, but we we try and meet up twice a year if we can, like nice. depending on everybody's schedules. And and it's they're brutal sessions. Like they're not fun. Actually, they're it's fun to see the guys. I love them. Right. But, but you have a short amount of time. Dude, it's a whole two days, and we you know we're in the studio from nine to fucking two in the morning, and then we wake up the next morning, have coffee, and because we've got such a tiny window, but it, it we've really written some very enjoyable songs, in my opinion. That's and awesome. it's it's it just it feels different, and I think everybody in the band knows that it feels different, and it feels right. So it's it's really cool to kind of see That's, it. I'm excited. I want to. I can't wait till I can buy <laughs> the album when it comes out. Uh, I don't know. If we're gonna do an album, or man. just do we, well, you know, or just the songs. So if I yeah, can, yeah, purchase we, we them got somewhere. we got. They're on iTunes. They're on. Oh, the spot. they're on they're, iTunes they're already. Everywhere. Yeah. Our new. How our, did I not know that? So our new band's name, which again we're horrible with names, but it's it's <laughs> minutes and hours, right? But hours is O U. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. You, well, no history you, you of <laughs> history of you didn't is a great name for a band. It's just. In a, in, a, in a world driven by search traffic oh, and being unique in that respect, it's you, you're never going to find the history. I, I could type in the history of band and it's just going to show me like the history of Led Zeppelin first yeah. or like Aerosmith. <laughs> Dude, so Dude I am so sorry, but I have to I have to get going. No, no. All right. So I don't know, how are we going to wrap it up? We can wrap it up right now, brother. Okay. Thank sweet. you so much for coming on. We should do this again. This Dude, I'll, I'll do this. I, I'll do I, when I don't have to edit it. When I don't have to do <laughs> yeah, the yeah, shit yeah. behind the scenes. I'll come. As much as you want, man. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Of course, dude. You guys, Shamo. Have you ever felt? Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Yeah.